So we have a direct video feed to the Ghislaine trial, right? I'm working on that. Right now there's only a direct video feed to uh, my uh, stylish hair, which you can't see because I'm using a really good camera and I'm trying to figure out a way to distribute it everywhere else. But uh, anyway, here, let me make this. Oh shit, I did not make this stream live yet. Let me do that right now. Because it is unlisted at the present, which sucks. Hold on, how do you make this thing live? I may just make another new one in case I screwed it up right now. Hold on. What are we what are we even doing here? Anyway, guys, listen. This is the unpredicted stream that we are having because unfortunately uh, Mike Cernovich is not feeling well, so we are rescheduling that particular thing, but let me uh let me do something over here. Yes, so let's make it listed finally, public. Here we go. Save. Okay. So uh, anyway, we are going to be opening up the Twitter spaces only to people that we trust because this is being streamed on YouTube right now and I don't want anything bad to happen. So for all the people who are in this space, we have a lot of listeners over here. I'm going to get some people in who uh, I know and I don't know that many people who are here right now yet, but I hope to know you later on. So, uh, Geo, we're going to be talking Hello, about your slave. Yes. Well, I see the Cat Girl, uh, Cat Girl Milk and Yogurt Company, which is a great organization. Glink, I'm sure that when you make a lot of money, you're going to be an investor in the Cat Girl Milk and Yogurt Company. You're going to get a lot of uh, milk and yogurt delivered completely for free. What do you think of that? That sounds like a good business model, as long as you market it towards... Uh... I feel like that's more of a thing you'd market towards Zoomers, maybe like the mommy milker type people, you know? Well, I think we're going to have the a lot more. Boys, the femboys. Yeah, well, is it going to be the cat boys? <laughs> is it going to be the cat boys or is it going to be the boys like Gio over here, you know, who uh, wants to live in that kind of world where he's just provided for by a, uh, you know, wakes up every morning and there's just like a big pair of breasts right in front of him. And it's very, it's very beautiful. It's very, uh, very quaint. Oh, God. But there's silicone. That's the catch. Well, there's no big money in the cat boy industry. Cat boy milk, it's not very profitable. That's right. Yeah, that's that's true. Well, sooner or later, we're all going to be harvested for our milk. That's, that's the problem. It's the herding of the cat girls. It's like herding cats. The cat girls hurt a lot easier than cat boys, though. You know, Cat boys are a little more wild, harder to keep control of. Yes, exactly. I saw this uh, movie a couple of days ago, which was similar to Breakback Mountain, Brokeback Mountain in the uh, theme, although even by saying it, I'm kind of spoiling what it is. I don't know if you guys saw this movie. It's called The Power of the Dog. Are you familiar with The Power of the Dog by any chance? No. Nobody here. Okay, then I'm going to skip it because I don't want to spoil the movie for those who did not watch it. But it's a similar kind of thing where there's like this cowboy, uh, this rancher, and he talks about this inspiration that he had of this uh, Wild West guy who was his mentor. But he was a mentor, we end up finding out, in a very Greek fashion, if you catch my drift here. Do they eat pudding in this one as well? No, unfortunately there is no pudding. But uh, when it comes to this idea that people have of the Greeks back in the day, how accurate is that? Like, Geo, you've studied history. How accurate is the whole, you know, Greek, you know, man-boy thing? Geo. You know, I... Okay, I, I wanted to bring something up about the Greeks. I wonder if you know about this, Lev. Do you know about uh, Soma? 
Yes, Soma is supposedly this elixir that they drank during religious ceremonies, similar to what the uh, Hindus did with uh, their ceremonies. But uh, I'm not exactly sure if that's fully right. Well, the thing is that that's interesting about it is that it was this ritual um, um, that they would do to like enlighten certain, priv uh, you know, people who are privy to to the knowledge of of the spiritual world, I guess. And they would use it to commune with their ancestors. But here's the thing. Nobody knows in all these historical records of this thing called Soma. Nobody knows what the actual substance is. Nobody knows how they made it. Nobody knows what they got it from. There's a lot of theories, but nobody knows for sure. And what were some of the intended effects when people got that Soma into them? What did they start to experience? They Well, it was like this religious experience that became like uh, seers of the, the underworld, something like that. But it was only, you couldn't just go out and do this. You had to like be in a certain group and a certain um, status to, to be able to use the Soma. Uh, I don't know that much about it. I just know that it's it's kind of like one of these world mysteries that was at some point. Oh, by the way, really your, what it was. your phone is uh, screwing up a little bit. It's a little. I don't know if it's connected to the right thing or not because uh, it's going in and out. I don't know if the Wi-Fi is uh, right there as well. But uh, I do I do agree that there's a lot of mystery drinks out there, mystery formulas that people used back in the mystery schools to gain a certain level of. Uh, otherworldly consciousness. Rudolf Steiner talks about a similar thing with the Hindus, how they used to do breathing techniques, not for the process of going into the spirit world, but for the process of uh, being able to lose sight of any of the spiritualness around them, which seems counterintuitive. They basically wanted to, according to Steiner, create a dead world out there, which would be the world that we're living in today. So when you will go around, even though you see squirrels and things like that, it's still relative to how he was describing the uh, Hindu yogis saw the world. It's a dead world. It's not a world where you can actually see the spirits in front of you. And according to him, the reason why they wanted to do that was to get more of their, uh, what do you call it, get more self-consciousness, get more of a consciousness of them being a uh, specific you know, individual person as opposed to just having this group collective and i see some uh, comments over here detuta says the iranians called it hauma there you go i'm i moved from my computer chair because sometimes the internet there is not great but i'm uh, making coffee right now excellent what i was gonna say though is uh do we all agree that uh the world is run by uh, a cabal of pedophiles uh let's see for the sake of the youtube algorithm i would say I would say maybe, who knows, but... Topic uh, of debate, topic of debate. Yes. I don't know. I would say that there are people out there who definitely get bored and end up misusing their power, but it is also very different, the kind of accusations that uh, are within, you know, despite the temple and everything, the kind of accusations that are within the realm of uh, this current just well, uh, just well, just lay in Maxwell trial and some of the more, you know, way more heinous things having to do with, you know, Moloch-related things. Even though you could say that, hey, they have a temple there, that temple, you know, you automatically associate that with Moloch, and I always say Moloch, Mo problems. So there may be something to it, but Just, as far as what, what has happened, we haven't really seen that being displayed by Epstein or Maxwell or any of those cats. Did you see the... Um... Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of just joking. It's not necessarily that bad, but 
probably. But did you see the uh, the thing with uh, Steve Jobs' former wife, Lauren? I think that's her name. And uh, she was like hanging out with her, with Ghislaine, and she owns the Atlantic. One of them owned the Atlantic. And then there was an article like, oh, there is not a <laughs> pedophile problem or something is the headline of it. Interesting. I mean, I think that people are always trying to protect their uh, self-interest and they're going to rally around each other when they know that, you know, if you go, I go. So uh, that's part, partly, I think, a problem. There's always going to be a certain amount of blackmail in the world, a certain amount of compromise. But in the grand scheme of things, I think we all know that intel agencies, regardless of uh, whether we're talking about America or any other countries, they are going to be the most dastardly bastards possible. But what I try to keep in mind is, are they only doing evil or are they still, let's say, uh, persecuting certain actual terrorist cells? Because either we're in the frame of mind that all terrorist cells... All of that is the CIA, and that's it. There's no other terrorist cells in the world. There's nobody else who would ever even get the idea of doing any terroristic activity besides the intel agencies. That's one way of looking at the world. I don't know. Oh, go on. No, that's pretty much I it. The yeah. idea that um, like only the CIA is involved in all these things. It's like I feel like there's competing intelligence organizations. You know, like. Uh, FBI, NSA, CIA, as well as like CSIS, other countries, like they're all kind of competing for the same uh, the same money and control. I disagree. I think a lot of them are working together because there's more to be gained by having a a co-opportunity uh, of just you know basically sharing a bunch of information so that they can have more. Um, it's like why would you not? want to join with the other intelligence agencies when together they can basically be more powerful than any one of these governments could be on their own. Well, I certainly think like they uh, obviously work together in some respect, but I still think there's got to be like some amount of competition there in like jurisdiction. Um, at least like with agencies within the U.S. Maybe. I was going to say not completely the same topic, but as to why there does seem to be such a correlation between pedophilia and like people in power and uh, people with a lot of wealth. Uh, I think it's because there's something to the fact that they just have access to all this, uh, all these like sexual things they could ever want. But the more, the most uh, taboo, the most sort of forbidden, right, is things with kids. And maybe there's also something involving like. They're trying to maintain their own innocence in a way by taking the innocence away from a kid. And I don't know, it's very fucked up, but the, the psychology behind it is interesting, I think. Well, I think also, like, I feel like, you know, uh, a lot of times getting into these bigger inner circles, you know, like when you become a big player, is like, um, I think with people who don't want to conform, they try to, like, there's been uh, some instances where they, like, try to set people up. Or like, you know, somebody like passes out at a party and they set them up with a child because like once you're, you know, also a part of the crime, then, uh, you know, you see, you know, like Ghislaine Maxwell, like that whole thing, you know, that's never going to result in people getting arrested because too many people have to fall for her to really face serious charges. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, that's why it's all about, uh, they, all, they all tried to make it about Epstein, like, oh, the documentary about Epstein. This guy was so shady, but honestly, he was just the fall guy 
it seems like to me. Yeah, well, I mean, the Epstein thing is just like, it's the same thing as like the Dotru case um, in Belgium, right? Like in the 90s. I'm not I mean, there's a few more examples of these, but uh, basically there was a guy like Epstein um, in Belgium in the 90s that, uh, you know, had all sorts of ties to political people worldwide. And he was running like a sex trafficking thing and had like just more money than he should from the non-jobs he had. And so everybody kind of knew what was going on. But in the end, like, they lost a bunch of the files. And nobody who was, like, uh, supposed to be associated with him ever faced charges. And there was a similar thing, I believe, that happened in uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, I don't remember the exact name of it, but uh, there were... The Finders. Yeah, yeah, I think that was it, the Finders. Yeah. Well, yeah, and the FBI, like, I think it was 2019 that the FBI just... Uh, dropped all the documents for the finders, which uh, in there actually was a map of the tunnels. For some reason, like in the middle, there was a map of the tunnels from the, under the McMartin preschool case, which uh, if you know anything about that, like that's a big uh, thing that people cite about satanic panic in the, in the 90s. I think the satanic panic was actually like, I don't know if justified is the right word, but it's just like it kind of was proven right, I feel like, if you look no, at it. No, it, it, it totally was. Um, if you go look into the Finder's case, which is like, uh, there's a guy, Ted Gunderson, who has done a lot of speeches. Um, he was like a former FBI guy. And a lot of stuff that he talks about was sort of uh, just like confirmed with the McMartin documents that were in the Finder's, uh, the Finders cult documents that got dropped by the FBI. I think it was 2019, like January or something. Mr. Medicare did a good stream where he like covered over all the documents. Interesting. Well, maybe we're going to have the keepers coming in in the future, and that's going to be way crazier than the finders, you know, because the keepers, you know, they, they're going to keep them for a very long time and uh, never let them go. But with the finders, maybe they let them go in the end. I don't know. I'm just making bullshit up right now. Pro that's probably not the case. I just imagine that we may have been um, seeing a lot of very uh, evil stuff, but uh, in certain uh, respects, maybe the evil's going to rise up. Maybe, I don't know, how bad do you think things can get? Like, what would be a level of evil that you don't even think is possible that we may see in our lifetime? Uh, I have an idea. So I, I have this theory. I was actually going to tell you this last time. I don't know if I did. But so, okay, the microchip, right? If and when that gets introduced, which I think, you know, with uh, the neural link and stuff, it's already that idea is already being normalized. I mean, with our phones, it's already being normalized. But when that comes, at some point, let's say you have that installed in your brain or something and you're in the metaverse or whatever and you could just close your eyes and be in the virtual VR chat with cat boys or whatever the fuck, right? At some point, I think, when you die, or maybe it has to be activated, I don't know how it would happen, but I think there's a possibility to where your consciousness could be stuck in that virtual database, that virtual world. And that's basically what hell is, as described by the Bible or whatever, this place of eternal suffering that you can't get out of, because you're stuck in the false light, the false reality, your consciousness stuck in a false reality, versus where we live now, where it's like, Maybe there's a life after death. I think there is in this reality. It's very much like what David Icke says, like why they need child sacrifices, because it's like an ethereal sort of uh, 
life force for them. I mean, maybe we're making too much of it, but really it is, there's something metaphysical going on at that level of, of just total planetary control. But here's how we can offset the uh, metaphysical darkness by metaphysically uh, doing something very good, which I believe is sharing the tweet that I just did right now. I just made a tweet about this particular uh, session we are doing. So for those who are not aware, I am live streaming this on YouTube. I am live streaming this on DLive, on Odyssey, on Twitch, if you can believe that. And at the same time, this is a uh, this is one of those Twitter spaces as well. So this is two things happening at once. Uh, we will see like the people who we trust who are here. Uh, we will bring them in to uh, discuss all this stuff with us. I want to see if I can get Kristan T. Harris to come in as well, uh, who is a friend of mine who was both in the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, trial. He was one of the witnesses, and now he's covering just Lane Maxwell over in New York. So I, uh, I'm sending him a link to this uh, Twitter spaces to see if he can come in. But uh, either way, I just want to... I just want to bring this up to more people here. I see we have uh, Mason. Now, I, do, I don't think I've ever spoken to Mason before, but Mason, if you're interested in uh, speaking as well, let us uh, know. And once again, don't forget to subscribe. Nathan Duffy is also in here. Oh, so hey. Nathan wants to speak. What's up, Duffy? Good to see you again. So, yeah, all the people that we know and we trust that are not going to uh, do anything bad to this stream, those people I welcome. So, once again... Patreon.com slash break the rules, become a patron, you know you want to, and we're just going to take it from here. So, uh, getting back uh, to this uh, conversation, I want to get Geo's thoughts. Level. Yes. What is I your have nuclear, a nuclear level? level take that will, like, it's kind of schizo, actually. No, okay, it's okay. So you Go know for this it. Josh Duggar thing going on, right? Mm, jo wait, is that that uh, reality TV show? The, uh, uh, no. The Duggars. Do you remember they had that reality TV yeah, show? Yeah, yeah, the Mormons, right? Yeah. They have, like, 19 kids. Mm -hmm. So, here's the thing. He He's, like, a total scumbag, right? Like, he's done it. Like, he, there's, like, beyond reason about it. So, I'm not doubting the case itself, right? I'm not, he did it. He deserves to, you know, be Minecrafted. I have to be mindful because, like, Twitter, they record um, the text to speech, right? Yes. So well, Jesus. Not just Twitter, not just Twitter, yeah, YouTube, YouTube as well, and uh, all of these programs. Yeah, so, so no gamer words. No gamer words, and use Creole to describe what we refer to here as the Backstreet Boys World Tour that was sweeping uh, this uh, world since 2020. Oh, okay. See, I didn't, I, okay. That's from Game Grumps. <laughs> um, no, also use the sacrament. That's another term. Yeah, that. sacrament. Um, so... So Josh Duggar, he's like obviously a cheese pizzaist. He's a disgusting pervert that. Uh, you know, oh yeah, Geo, boost your audio. Boost your audio. Oh, okay, I'm I'm, tr I'm trying to. It's it's hard, right? So, um, is this good actually? Because it's like right up against my mouth. So. No, it's very quiet. Really? Yeah. What are okay, you listening yeah. to? No, your audio is good, Glink. Geo's audio is not that good. And what I would say here is, ideally, what I would get everybody to do for the future, install an Android emulator and use that on your PC. That I would, uh, if you use a PC. I don't know. That's you probably can for the do Mac that? Too. That's what I'm doing right now. How do you think this thing's live? I have an iPhone, bro. I have an iPhone. Would it work for the iPhone? 
I don't know. For the iPhone, I would just plug something in. But uh, my point is that there are ways of going around various technological hurdles. So for me, the way is actually doing a stream like this uh, by putting in an emulator and by having um, the OBS software record all the audio from the desktop, which includes the emulator desktop uh, audio. Yeah. So that is why we're well, live. Like, yeah. Well, like, like my my take is that um. So in this case with the Duggar guy, right? Like, obviously he's guilty. I'm not doubting the validity of it. But the, the media response, it's almost as if they're taking, like, a left-wing narrative where they're distracting from the Maxwell trial with it. Because it's all the signifiers. It's the, you know, creationist, Mormon, right-wing, uh, Americana, Protestant, like, you know, Jesus camp stuff that is, like, a terrible abuser. And so they're really pumping the attention towards that. And they're, in my opinion, distracting from the obvious implication of a upper class, um, mostly liberal, very science-based um, couple that were giving money to people like Steven Pinker and also of a particular uh, ethnic background, which I won't get into, obviously. But, Jesus um, Christ, Gio, every... See, no, every, I, me, I, no, I, no, I, I, know, I think there's something the un uncontrollable... No, but why... See, this is why I understand, like, why even say that particular thing? It has no bearing on anything because else. Because it was part of Mag It was part of him, Epstein's program to breed a superior uh, phenotype. Yeah, but that's yeah, but that's because he's that a, a but that's because he's a yes, but that's because he's a crazy asshole. What I don't uh, no, what, no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Dramatically opposed to like the Christian evangelical right wing abuse that that the Duggar family embodied of like the TLC, you know, creationist Mormon, nineteen kids and counting type of stuff. Like this is what the media wants to focus on. They don't really want to focus on the Maxwell trial for obvious reasons. No, that's no, that's that's fine. You have these two images that are dialectically opposed to each other. Gia, but hold on a second. That is that is fine. But when you're doing that, you're basically saying uh, this. You're again pointing to a specific group and somehow saying that this specific group, there was something about this specific group that would lend itself to something that some crazy assholes did. And I don't really see the point of that. Well, no doubt, Epstein, and in, in court documents, it came out that he believed that. His people were superior. Yes, of course, of course, he could believe he could believe that. But just because you have some, yeah, but Geo, Geo, just because you have some nut out there that believes that his group is superior. I mean, look, you also have the black, uh, you know, the Hebrew Israelites who believe that they're the superior ones, and you have other groups out there that believe that they're superior. When you're saying that, and you're basically again, and I'm not just saying this as if you're just a random person who's just one day. He uh, he says this. This is like a common thing that ends up happening. And uh, I mean, I'll, I'm going to be frank, you know, like as somebody who is from this group, I don't like to be meshed in with uh, people no, of like course, Epstein. But I'm just saying that one is in, in terms of just the optics of it like that. That is, you know what I mean? Like that is the opposing image. That's not to say that everyone of that particular group believes that. I'm just saying that. This is what Epstein himself claimed in multiple documents that it's coming out. And, and so that this is why they want to... I mean, obviously, and of course, like a lot of these media heads, they probably were involved with him as well. That's why they want to use the... It's just convenient that they rushed the Duggar trial up during the same time that the Maxwell case, much in the same way that the Rittenhouse case was 
ostensibly a way for them to also distract from Maxwell. But that had a negative outcome for them because, of course, everyone knew in their hearts that Kyle was going to take the W. But that's, you know what I mean? This is what they're playing with. I think um, just Lane might take the W, too. Oh, oh, probably. Or, or you know, the ultimate L, which is uh, she'll get Epstein herself. But who knows, right? I mean. Well, they're taking her from one cabin to another right now, uh, from what I understand. And uh, they are trying to avoid any, uh, you know, a- any of the problems that occurred with her friend. So who knows how exactly that's going to turn out. Do you think she set up her own dead man switch? Probably. Like, I think that's why Probably. they had to get Epstein. Well, you mentioned the Gunderson trial. Like, that that's very interesting. Yeah. Like, how people... The media created the storm and the made-for-TV movies and the whole, like, suspicion of doubt around the McMartin trial that Ted Gunderson was integral to. But if you read the Franklin cover-up, I mean, it's pretty substantiated. There was even um, documentaries from the late 90s and the early late 90s talking about the specific boy rings around Houston and elsewhere and how people like Ted Gunderson were told in the administration not to touch this. There were people during the Epstein trial when he was actually convicted and he had this bullshit, like, you know, house arrest thing uh, where he got to go to uh, work in his office and get lunch during the day and uh, Ghislaine would, uh, you know, visit him. This is, uh, like, the same thing. They were told, people in Florida were told not to investigate this. Um, So... I just think it's like very much a smoke and mirrors thing because now when you have the heads of media that are also being implicated and the heads of science and the heads of Silicon Valley, I mean, this is bit, like people don't realize the gravity of it because it's become like a irony left like meme of like, oh, you know, like uh, the whole like uh, Epstein trial thing. It's all true, but it's like, what are we going to do about it, man? Like, it seems that the memes around it, like Epstein didn't, you know, and hero himself, that is a way of disarming the whole gravity that's, of the situation. That's a good point. Actually, something I was just thinking about regard, regarding all this is that I feel like these trials in general, anything and any one that is like this media sensation, maybe this is too conspiratorial, but what I'm trying to say is that I feel like anything that's put in front of you, including an Epstein, including Ghislaine, is like it's meant to either distract or confuse people in some way. Maybe they have a little bit of truth. Like, yes, obviously there's... Uh, you know, these people did these bad things, blah, 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 and that getting out of the public is uh, good in a way, I guess. But I think ultimately these things also do create a lot of conspiracies and a lot of confusion because there's a lot of gray area. So some people end up sounding re- really crazy. Some people end, and then, and then a lot of people just tune out, right? Like after enough noise on a certain topic, oh, yeah. you just tune out. That's just how it is. And it's there... really a war of information. It's a, But beyond that, it's like a spiritual mm-hmm. war. It's like, what is the fate of, well, maybe I'm getting too big picture, but I think the ultimate question is like, well, what is the fate of humanity? Where are we going? What do we value? But even like those pictures of Ghislaine on the plane with Epstein and their very stylish European clothing, to me it seems that aesthetically it's almost like this weird uh, contrarianism that's going in Twitter where it's like, oh, man, look at the drip. Look at the drip, bro. But It's, it's, like, it's yeah, normalized. Of, it's getting you know? normalized, isn't it? Mm. Exactly, I think that's the yeah. goal. Oh, we have a we have a super chat by the way from King Salmonfish, uh, five U.S. dollars. Serious question: How exactly do the mechanics of this dead man switch work? Who do you give the info to that isn't involved? Why haven't we seen much? Um, there's various ways to do it, but I think like 
there's a lot of validity given. Like, for example, people said that John McAfee had one, but that hasn't yet to come into fruition. But I, I think these things, they're probably more banal than what the sort of narrativization of it is. It's probably like something more banal than an Alex Jones, you know, documentary Endgame. There's probably people that know behind the scenes that there's info out there. It's just that they're not um, going to make a whole drama out of it. The drama of the sort of um, world picture that the media creates, that's more of a, that's even more of a simulation than anything. Whereas the real stuff behind the scenes that goes on, um, that isn't as fictionalized. It's very much like this is the problem with like, you know, the global managerialism is that events don't have a drama attached. It's just like a sequence. It's just, um, so I don't know what's going to happen with that. I mean, maybe if there is some dramatic dead man switch and all of a sudden, all the world leaders are going to get arrested at once. Like, that's going to happen. I don't know. Like, mm. that's, again, the conspiratory thinking is also another integral part of the narrative itself. Well, th there is also a blackpilling this, I've noticed, where people see a lot of these things in the world and they think that this is a force that's so big. And it's almost like they expect there to be some grand climax where all the problems are solved. And anything uh, smaller than that isn't going to be as satisfactory because I think a lot of people are used to just getting a lot of stimulation, you know, being right. very, you know, being very quickly uh, enthralled in some grand narrative that they feel like they're a part of because it's very romantic. But I think that what may actually happen is if people on the smaller level start making certain changes, you know, even changes to their own lives. I don't know. There is a weird belief that I'm not saying that this is real, or, but. Uh, work with me here what if we are all on our separate time time zones where certain decisions that we make end up affecting the kind of world we end up living in as opposed to the other people so glink there may be a glink out there that is a self-aware glink that makes a certain decision that ends up moving him to a different timeline than the glink that lives in Lev's timeline. I don't know if this makes any sense. Uh, it's it's a lot of hippie crap as far as I'm concerned, but uh, I don't know. Glink, what do you think? Well, that makes sense in a very literal way in the sense that your decisions, your thoughts... Wait, can you hear me or am I lagging? Oh, yeah, I hear you. I hear you good. I hear you good. All right. So, so that makes sense in a very literal way in the course of your life where if you believe you have some agency, you if you believe what you're saying, in other words your life will turn out to be a reflection of that if you really believe it and you really embody it. Uh, so in the sense, like, I don't even see a distinction that much between the metaphysical or like the philosophical idea of everyone controlling their own reality and the literal experience of doing that. I mean, obviously, you don't control everything that happens, but all you can do is control yourself, your thoughts, and impact the people around you or whatever, you know, connect with the people around you. So if that's all you can do anyways, and everything is just perception anyways, then that's all you have to focus on. So I, I mean, I'm an advocate of viewing things that way. That's kind of how I view things. I, I think there's, that's a great point, Clink. I think there's two, um, I'm seeing that Carlsbad is a listener. That's pretty based. Uh, I, I, it's, I'm thinking of like, there's two thought terminating views of power that, have, that are very popular. One is sort of like the systems theory postmodernism, but also ironically enough shared by people like Moldbug, which is there is no leaders, it's all systems, it's all this uh, you know, seamless process of discourses that have manifested and evolved and therefore there is no head of power. There is no like, you know, Bappy and five hundred names 
Uh, but the other side of it, of it, so that's thought terminating because the that's like, you know, oh, voila, you can't do anything about it because you're dealing with monumental forces. The other side is like, you know, the uh, conspiratoid Alex Jones, David Icke, like the reptilians are at the head and like there's nothing you can do about it because they're all like in coordination. I think like the picture of power is much more nuanced than both of them because both of them at their logical conclusions will make, you know, zero sense at the end of the day. Like as much as I love to be like, you know, postmodernist and all that, I do think that there are people like in charge. There are people who are guiding narratives. It's just that there may be not as much control as they like mm. to think they have. And and how often it's, and how often I mean, do like, they try to do different. something and fail? How often do a lot of these conspiracies get attempted? They and fail all the time. There we go. And it's, I think that's that, thing, that's like, a white pill. You know, like no matter another also, white pill. Go on. Oh yeah, go ahead. Another man. white pill that. I always view it like related to what we were just talking about is despite how evil and depraved and like all these horrible things that you might think or believe people in power are doing and they may well be doing that's just a you're capable of the same thing and that's you dislike that but that's also within you that's within all of us that potential for evil so what like be careful about how some people I think that I know will be like very cynical about anyone in power and very cynical of all these things but it's like if you're feeding into that if you're hateful yourself you're just embodying the very thing that you hate you know you can't change things you can't change these systems by feeding into them you have to you know i guess be your own light in a spiritual sense but that yeah that being said i think that when people talk about conspiracies it's like well you know people will tell on you it's like Things are more, like, nuanced than saying, like, you know, there's a group of people that are doing some evil plot. It's, like, conspiracy doesn't happen that way. It's rather, like, for instance, to hide things in plain sight, to have, like, the sort of quiet weapons for... How does it go? Like, silent weapons for quiet wars? Like, it's, for example, like, the Ghislaine thing. People are already having their hot takes of, like, you know, oh, well, you know, it was only, like, uh, it's hemophilia. It's not the cheese pizza. It's, uh... You know, it was only underage girls, barely legal, you know. Like, it's just like porno, right? Like, that. Like to me, I think it's like, that. Ha that's more of a attempt to understand the way that conspiracies work rather than saying it's a covert cabal that are doing things behind the scenes. It's, it's rather when you have the ability to manipulate the perception by which you can gauge what is facts or what is moral or what is ethical. That is more of a deeper level of it than saying, you know, the, the New World Order is, uh, you know, doing this nefarious plot at Bilderberg. Like, that's, hmm. to me, that's like too baby brain. That's too Hollywood, you know. But also, I think it's a baby brained assumption to think, and this is just my own personal opinion, to think that by, the only way that you could actually solve this thing, and again, for all the regular BTR people, you know what I'm going to say, that, you know, you put a big leader in there who's going to control everything and do it the right way, like some Mussolini character. And that is something that I think people get very, you know, get very naive about because they assume that they're only going to get rid of all the people that they don't like and leave them alone and leave their family alone. And everything's just going to be really pretty. I really doubt that, especially when we're living in a very technologically advanced age. So I always try to find what is the right path here to make sure that people's dignity and people's uh, liberty is preserved while at the same time being able to punish 
the uh, people who do end up abusing the system. So I don't know, Glink, uh, any, uh, any thoughts on that? Well, in terms of liberty, I think it's pretty obvious that we're heading towards a world where individual liberty is being um, snuffed out in favor of collective safety or the illusion of collective safety. And what's allowing all this to happen is basically just the tech companies which is just a mechanism to centralize power and surveillance and all these things. So that's definitely one possible route we're going down. But I, I also think we're at a crossroads. I'm not that black-pilled because I feel like people now are questioning things more than ever. People are less certain of the future than ever. And people are more, I don't know, I think, I, like this TikTok stuff, you know, I don't even use TikTok, but I know that there's like all these crazy witches and like Zoomer uh, hexes and like, insane you know completely like schizo posting on on um, tiktok and it's these younger kids and you know you might see that and be like wow this generation's really fucked right and they, they kind of are but also that gives potential of like well maybe we need more open-mindedness we need more uh self-awareness self-reflection we need to question everything i i think honestly and i think we're at this point where we're in the age of information and with that comes a lot of confusion, but also with that comes a lot of revelations, a lot of transparency. And who knows? You know, I, I think we're we could we could at least for a time period. I think these things are always cycles, but we could for a time period have some sort of this, you know, Web 3.0 digital nomad, uh, you know, roving bands of uh, uh, hackers in the the wastelands. You know, that could yeah, be but that's. Cool. <laughs> But, but that's the thing, though. That was the dream of, like, the 1990s Silicon Valley mosaic society, that we would live in the cyberpunk utopia, where people would live in the uh, sort of free frontier of the internet. And it was sort of like this tech anarcho cyberpunk thing. But now they've realized really quickly that, you know, in actuality, the internet had to have been colonized in order to actually have any sort of... Um, clamping down on information as a resource because now we live in like the most colonized internet in human history mm. like ever right? well I, I do have i do have a counter i do have a slight counter to that geo so when we're talking about the people who ended up going to a lot of these various interesting forums and discovering things i don't think the curiosity that's inside of the people who did that vanished what i think is that the gate has been lowered down so that all the rabble end up going online and creating you know just look at how ugly a lot of these uh, you know like these vr avatars are you know how utterly soulless and faceless they are that's why hire me to do your virtual reality stuff and i'm going to create really good characters hashtag invest in love but anyway there's just a lot of this puerility there's just a lot of this very uh, you know like humans are flat things like that i think it all comes from the masses going on the internet and turning the internet into something which even though it may be like more refined technically is spiritually very ugly but the, but the fact that Ghislaine was a reddit moderator had like some of the biggest reddit accounts and pages of all time i mean that should really tell you something right there i mean i know we beef on redders but i think there really is some kind of power to that sort of like uh the fact that like one of the most notorious procures of uh, abuse victims in human history um is like a reddit moderator du jour mm. uh, but we have new speakers we have uh we have Moz, we have uh, King Salmon. I don't fish. know who, wait, I, okay, uh, number one, I know who King Salmon Fish is. I'm not sure who Moz is. 
I know, Gio, you let them in. Like I said before, we have to let in the people oh, yeah. that we know. I personally don't know who these people are, so I just uh, make sure, I mean, make sure that everything is good, that you're going to be on your best behavior. I know, King Salmon Fish, you are a little bit out there with your China, China theories, but either way, welcome to both of you. But, cool. from, but, but from here on in, Gio, but from here oh, on in, Gio, uh, only, thank the, you. only the people that we know. Hey, I just, I just want to uh, point out that I'm actually not a neo-Nazi. Good. Yes, right. we're all we're all liberal here. We're all liberal. Uh, I no, I mean, I don't mean that legitimately. I'm I'm just me. <laughs> oh, that might be hard for people. I, I didn't know. I, I don't even know who you are. But the fact that you started out by saying I'm not a Nazi is not a, a good sign. Man. <laughs> that sounds like a quality guy, really. Well, no, I uh, I joined the Discord and I posted a bunch of memes that are actually like a critique of both the left and right wing. Um, but people project their own opinions. That was kind of the. Oh yeah, they were pretty good at. They do. They do. Don't even listen. Don't even buy. But like by saying I'm not this, you're in a way giving those those uh, opinions, means power. Don't even like play their game. You know what I mean? It's kind of like reverse psychology. And um, I kind of want to talk about the liberty thing. Is I don't think that open mindedness. um, I disagree with this point greatly. I think the over uh, stimulation of open mindedness of this generation of going down so many different paths is almost breaking us all apart. It, it's hurting. It's hurting us. I think there needs to be core values like our ancestors had not even so long ago. That's really turning us all into little groups and little cliques and all these little things that doesn't really make anything strong. Like, um, the U.S. is fracturing upon party lines and even some uh, regionalist lines. It's it's insane. And if we think we can stand a chance against our foreign adversaries or even make allies out of them, we need to present that we are not separate. We are all the same Americans and we care about each other more than we care about um, but none of the that parties. is true yeah but here's, here's the thing man take take a step back and look at it in terms of just geospatial facts like anything or are we literally in the same place surrounded by the same people and what we are experiencing is a mental phenomena and a phenomena of the heart for sure, I like that. I like that actually. I think you said For that. Sure, well. that's like, that's a, that's a that's basically what I was I'm trying to say actually, is that um, Gen Z is being confused. I think by the previous generation into what to think. I think there are a lot of bad parents out there that are teaching bullshit. Um, part of my French uh, bullshit uh, ideas that you can that a boy can be a girl and a girl can be a boy you there's no set values it's all just oh let people live no you can't there are some fundamental ideas that create american society well i think uh gen alpha gen alpha might put a bit of a different spin on that you know i don't know if anybody here spends a lot of time uh like generation alpha pretty much starts 2013 so they're pretty young um but like i have kids and uh, I don't know, a lot of the, like, sort of, and maybe it's the area I live in, but, like, a lot of the sort of, Do you of, call like, your kids you know, kittens? Do I call them kittens? 
Oh, for uh, God. Yeah, oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, my God. But, like, um, see, people, see, this is the dream. A, a person with an anime avatar can have a wife and children. Wait, so what is it about Generation Alpha that you're noticing that's standing out? Um, like a lot of the, a lot of the sort of like Zoomer bullshit or like modern bullshit with, you know, genders and like, you know, people are not of, uh, people are, can be born not in the gender and people are like, oh, you know, like my kid totally believes this. Like most of the kids, uh, that, that I talk to, like, you know, friends of my kids are just like totally disregard any of that and like, just don't get it. And, you know, just boys want to do boys stuff. And I think really the only difference of like girls wanting to do boy stuff is like a lot of girls like play Fortnite at that age. Mm. But uh, no but otherwise, like, most of the girls like you know when they play Fortnite, they like the really girly skins, and they're like, no, I don't want to be a boy. Right. Uh, I want to I, I want to make a point about both of what both of you are saying. So Maz, you're saying that it's important that we uphold these American values and see each other as fellow citizens, basically, right? Yeah, we can't lose, we can't divide each other based off race or religion or really even man versus women. It's important to view that we're all equals, that we're all striving towards the same goal as in keeping up this republic. Well, I don't think, okay, so that's the thing, though. That goal is no longer, um, maybe for a time that was sufficient to keep people together in harmony. yeah. Yeah, but it's definitely not anymore. We have to rethink what the future the future is not going to look anything like the last century you know we have to rethink how things are going forward and that's where open-mindedness is useful because you know to just disregard it all is like okay well this is bullshit all these genders all this shit stuff that's like nonsensical to our worldview or to your worldview whoever's worldview that's you're not going to reach anyone that way because they're going to be like you're a boomer and they're kind of right because that's just not the wave i mean i don't think it here's here's uh here's the way i'll say it it's like i don't I think people are confused. Gen Z is very confused because they're buying into this language game, which is the real problem. It's like they have to define It's manipulation. Every... It is, absolutely. And us millennials psyop them into it. Let's exactly. Face it. Exactly. Yeah, they did. They yeah. did. But they don't have to. It doesn't have. It, it's just the language. It's like, why do you need five? Hold up. Hold up. No, I, I blame Terrence McKenna. Terrence McKenna. What do you mean? Oh, wait, man. wait. You that could be like, someone? no, no. This isn't a. This isn't a out there take terrence mckenna now he had a lot of like beliefs that were basically like the when he was like becoming popular again in like the 2010s and facebook groups and new age groups like he had a lot of stuff that basically would be considered like reddit Bugman, like uh matriarchy uh polyamory um you know uh he had a virulent hatred of christianity like yeah terrence mckenna i hate to say it he isn't this like a great um, oh, I love visionary the as people think. But well, hey, well, hold on, sorry. Blink. I'm curious. Wait, wait, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Here's Blink. Wait, wait, hold on one second. I'm curious about Glink's response specifically to the Terrence McKenna thing because I know that uh, you're a uh, you're a big admirer of McKenna's. And by the way, we had his brother. I love McKenna too. We had his brother Dennis, Ma- Dennis McKenna on uh, Break the Rules as well. But I do want to hear from Glink as far as addressing the thing that Geo said specifically with whether Terrence McKenna's views ended up in afflicting themselves in this uh, unprecedented view on the subsequent generations. I don't know. What do you think? Well, McKenna viewed it like we're on this course to complete human destruction, basically, with um, 
the way the way society is structured, the way things are going. And this was back in like the eighties, right? When you'd have these lectures and stuff. But he was spot on with talking about the virtual world um, and how he was basically. Oh saying yeah, this, yeah, he was. And he saw the potential in it, and then obviously now it's been corporatized and all that. Um, but the thing about McKenna that I really like is that he was just he was basically a big advocate of uh, psychedelics, obviously, and he would talk about how that is sort of this original technology that reminds you of the essence of life, the essence of what it is to be human. Because the way he saw it was that if we understood where we come from, then it wouldn't be this big thing you have to like explain to people. It's just something people understand intuitively about where they come from, why life is here, what this whole creation thing is. But we're so conditioned by everything from the you know time we're young to just completely forget about what is actually the point of life. I mean, it's like, it's not to earn money. It's not to spend time at a job that you hate. It's not any of that stuff. It's just it's to family. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's family. It's connecting, it's experiencing, it's just being in a state of, um, I guess, balance with mm. the world. Right. And we're clearly way out of balance right now. Oh, well, the, uh, I agree, but the, uh, the problem is uh, hated the bourgeois family. That's the problem. I just want to bring up why I bring up Terrence McKenna, because I actually love Terrence McKenna. I think he was right about very many things. Uh, frankly, I think he was actually like connected to a CIA university, and uh, there's a lot of stuff going on there. And that goes too, yeah. yeah, that goes all the way back to... Uh, the Illuminati, the Bavarian Illuminati that my family outlawed. They were the kings of Bavaria. And then that goes back to the Garden of Eden and just lies in general and the whole life is but a dream bullshit. So anyway, my point is that Terrence uh, was right about pretty much everything and a lot of what he said did in fact unfold. But because he was on the cutting edge and a pioneer with the, uh, the gift of being able to pull anything back from that world, most people don't have the ability to remember or communicate the things that they experience. Um, and he was very, very fluent and capable of talking to people at great length about these things. Um, but his problem was that he actually was right. And what he did actually ended up helping quite a lot. But he was uh, advocating for the dissolution of our boundaries, which uh, it turns out if you don't have like it's not about the dissolution of all boundaries or like putting up absolute boundaries all over the place it's about a healthy ego and a healthy sense of boundaries which is incredibly hard to determine if you uh dissolve all your boundaries you have uh, you effectively become an acid casualty uh and lose your ability to survive or discriminate between objects properly well yeah like what do you think the epsteins were doing that that's like i i, I know this is like you know a logo level like the left or the real Nietzscheans take but it's true like when you look at what people like Jeffrey Epstein and the people that the scientists that he surrounded himself with that was like the ultimate dissolution of all boundaries that's like why do you think they fund transhumanism like Terrence if you um I don't know if you guys have uh Clink, if you came across the um the Douglas Ruskov book uh Cyber Siberia where he interviewed McKenna and they were talking about how the internet is like a mind-expanding experience and all of that. But that's sort of like Silicon Valley meets the New Age utopianism. That like created like the absolute mental hell world that we're yeah. experiencing right I now. I want to say, I want to say. Like this fucking Silicon Valley self-help bullshit, you know? 
I do want to say in defense of McKenna again, because um, I've been listening to, to him a lot recently, but he, another thing that he's completely right about, which I think we're still coming to terms with right now, especially with everything going on, is this scientism, scientism, this worship of science as this priesthood and as this like worldview that everything needs to, be, again, it's going false. back to language. Yeah, but like that, the idea that everything has to be determined, deter deterministic, defined through language, through science. But when you do that, you rob the point of life, in my view, which is the to humanness. interpret things. Yeah, the humanness, to find meaning. And then the end result of that is that humans are phased out of the equation and that machines and whatever are just the... Because that's the end result of science, is One deterministic machines, basically. that I like to, like to sort of like to think about is that, well... People think, oh, it's always going to be the end of the world or whatever, but this is what people were thinking when the Industrial Revolution first started. We're really in the beginning of something entirely new. While the internet is going through a dark, uh, a dark phase, is what I want to say, because these things generally don't last forever. When people are unsatisfied, they will make themselves heard. That has always been the case through countries, through empires, through what tribes, clans, they will make themselves heard, they will revolt and create something better. Or worse. But it's just something new. And one thing that I'm quite hopeful for is that. Is I think people will realize well, I'm, I don't have anything. I'm living in an apartment, going to a job from 9 to 5, and all I do is watch porn and that's basically it. That's basically my life. People cannot live like that. Something is going to snap and break, and which is why I think a, a war is, is coming, because there are millions and billions of people. See, who are the war angry. is not coming, though, because people are not – that's all of what you said is true, except for the part where you think that people are angry enough to actually do something, because the truth is most people are lulled into this sense of conformity and comfort in their homes. In their I mean, look uh, what we're doing cave. right now. We're talking about the collapse of the world from our iPhones sitting comfortably in our homes. That's why they're <laughs> Yeah, I even, I even lowered my <laughs> yeah, standing yeah. desk now so that I'm uh, actually sitting down properly instead of standing. That's how comfy I am right now. The only thing that'll make this comfier is if you subscribe to BreakTheRules.tv. All the people who are here on Twitter, go to BreakTheRules.tv right now, subscribe, and that's going to make me extremely comfy. But uh, I do also want to ask, who was the person who said about uh, restoring a sense of uh, American or any country patriotism? Maz. Maz. Me, it was me. Maz, you're my new best friend. Thank you so much for saying that. I, we, don't, <laughs> we, don't, we don't get a lot of that. So, Gio, that was a good call to let Maz in. A little bit more support on my front. But I would also say to that that I think that there is a lot of... Um, when you say that there's too much open-mindedness... I think that there is actually too much closed-mindedness within various circles that ended up forming. Maybe those are smaller circles than, let's say, I don't know, considering yourself to be an American or a German or whatever. But these are still circles that enforce a particular um, doctrine. And I think it's very difficult for people, both on the left and the right, I'm not excusing the right by any means, of escaping from that doctrine. And that's why I think a lot of things like, you know, certain things related to anti-Semitism and other racist things like that keep on appearing. And I think it's definitely for people to get out of that mindset because they're just kind of stuck in it because there's nobody there except for me, except for me. There's nobody in there to um, give an opposition. What? You know what Glink, you know what Glink was saying about um, the Can lack I, of autonomy. Can I answer? 
Um, uh, I, I think I was being too vague about open-mindedness. I, I just mean that I think there's just some certain ideas that can never real that never really should go away. That makes America like the idea that we are all entired entitled to the sweat of our brow, the entitlement that we should all be able to own a house by a certain age, or have a wife, or have kids, or have a nice paying job that we feel feel satisfied with. These are outdated ideas. Or write though. books. Are they really outdated ideas? Or are they just things that everybody should be able to have that haven't been able to manifest through people stealing wealth away from the middle class through shipping out jobs during the 70s and 80s and 90s? No, you're right. You're right. All of that is... Yeah, I agree. Hey, I I have one major disagreement with whoever it was that said that we're not at war. Um, I made this point the other day, which is actually America... Uh, I live in Ohio, and this is literally the most dangerous war zone on the face of the earth. And it's especially fucked up because it is so sophisticated uh, that it can appear that it is not to many people. And uh, the stakes are so high that if something fucks up here, the whole world dies, which is not exactly the case uh, to such an extremity in other parts of the world. Wait, Ohio? Ohio? Um, What's going on in Ohio? Can you elaborate? Yeah, Ohio, <laughs> Ohio is literally uh, nicknamed the heart of it all. It is effectively the geopolitical, uh, cultural, uh, most important swing state uh, in like it's the nexus of the entire. It's literally shaped like a heart where a heart would go on the country. It's the nexus of the entire of pretty much all power uh, in a sense. Ohio is the nexus of all power. Why is that? Did you know a yep. disproportionate amount of deathmatch wrestlers have come from Ohio? Yeah. So there you go. And president. Oh, <laughs> oh, boy. No, but okay. it is true. Is they say that you have to win. Um, you have to, The only way to win the presidency is if you win Ohio, if I, I believe so. Mm-hmm. Or Ohio or Virginia. Actually, um, it's, it's not even that. It's literally just, uh, well, until the elections were, you know, fortified. Um, it was literally just me and a handful of my friends that determined the fate of the fucking world is actually how it worked. Oh, yeah. Did you guys, like, steal ballot boxes? No, it's literally just that the entire thing is split 50-50 and a couple people just put their finger on the scale. Jesus. Wow. Okay, I want to address the war thing, though, and what Maz said. So, we are in a war, but what I'm saying is war is not, it's not like we're going to go on the trenches. It's like, the war is right now. It's the war of information. And really, if you want to get more, uh, again, this is back to McKenna, it's the war, the last frontier of science. What's the weakest area of science? Do you guys know? What? Psychology. Biology. Ah, psychology. psychology. You're right. Because I, think, I completely sorry. disagree again. Psychology is literally the only science. <laughs> no, 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 no. As a youngin, I totally agree, 100%. Why? Science Wait. is fake and Giesler, except for psychology. You psychology need... is literally everything that you could conceivably experience in any context. No, that's perception and experience. Psychology yeah. is just the study of the mind by science. See, no. you're already called psychology. That's, that's phenom- I think that would be the study, Psyche and Eros, the story of Psyche and Eros, where the term Good psychology thing. comes from, is the study of the soul. Which is why it's a tragedy that faith and that science are not intertwined because you can't have just the logic without the um, heart. 
and what is hard other than loving God, loving God, you know? No, I agree. That's, that's really all that matters at the core of it. So I agree with you, but in terms of what, what I'm trying to say is that there's this war of information, right? Did you guys agree with that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that's the modern day war is the war of information. What I think it's really about is to determine the future of humanity, of psychology. Are we experiments in science that we can label as this person is neurodivergent, this person needs this happy drug to live in the matrix? Or is it more like this is the end point of science? This is not where we find meaning. The science can't explain the soul. It can't explain the divine spark, the consciousness, really. I mean, it, it doesn't even have any answers for consciousness right now. I mean, some people are trying to... Well, it can, uh, it can explain, or uh, the lack of certain information can be a way that it can explain. For example, there was a recent video by uh, Robert Seffer, who I like to call the Duck Whisperer, uh, because of those uh, intros that he does. And once again, I'm very much against a lot of the views that he has on certain things. But at the same time, when it comes to hmm. when it comes to yeah, interesting you, yeah, you know you know what it is, Joe. But at the same time, <laughs> when it comes to his uh, conversations about life after death, he had this video where the scientist was talking about how when a person uh, in multiple times it was recorded when they uh, are in a coma or when they're supposed to be completely dead, when their neurological activity is so low that they would not have any recognition of whatever's going on. They, when they came back, they reported certain things that they were aware of at the time when they were under that the brain activity would not be able to account for. And at the same time, they were also talking about how they felt way more lucid. They understood everything that was going on very clearly at that time. And then when they went back into their body, that's when, well, supposedly, that's when they started feeling the pain and feeling just this... Uh, uh, you know, just this straining uh, way of uh, being as opposed to being free and very lucid, which is an experience that from what I hear a lot of people who have taken DMT or ayahuasca report, where they talk about being in a state that's realer than reality itself. And I think the important thing here is this idea of the brain not being able to function not like let alone at that level just the amount of neurological activity that was reported at that time you wouldn't be able to be coherent or wouldn't be able to focus on anything it just wouldn't be possible so that may be kind of like the trick to being able to prove that there is something going on besides the uh physical body physical uh, brain that we may be more of a receiver than anything else but One, i don't know um Rupert, Rupert Sheldrake kind of gives the key to this one. So um, the question that nobody ever seems to ask is like, okay, so the laws of physics, what are they? And is there anything behind them? Like what makes the laws of physics themselves work? Um, and there has been some, some debate as to the variable speed of light and things not exactly being constant. Um, and so if you get into Rupert Sheldrake, what you find is that uh, the inherent geometry of the vibrations of energy is where information is stored. And that is actually the base of your ability to have memories. Um, and it's not exactly the neurons or however you want. It, that's kind of how memory works. And every single object has uh, effectively its real identity is like an infinite amount of information stored with. So what you're a, saying is information is stored in the balls. Yes. It could be. Yes. 
and, yeah, and well, ball, so balls. Beyond, I mean, it's like, literally uh, true. Yeah, that's balls true. as in the uh, the sphere. You know, the third eye. That's like the ball. That's the ball that contains everything, and uh, that is the one source that the orb, if from. you will. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And uh, so beyond beyond the laws of physics would be mimetics. So like, what are the laws of physics but a set of patterns? So like, what governs patterns? And then even beyond mimetics, like which if you get into Jungian psychology is basically literal gods. Um, so you get into the realm of the gods and then beyond that, you have to ask then, you know, like people are wondering about um, transferring their consciousness into a robot. And I'm just like, well, look at the grammar of what you are saying. Uh, my consciousness, my thoughts, my body, um, which kind of implies that those are a form of property and not exactly your true nature. Um, so like, I don't see that as scientifically impossible, but the question then becomes, uh, I don't even think that consciousness is the base of what we're dealing with. And thus all of the potential, uh, hallucinatory God thoughts, um, in all versions of alternate realities with different laws of physics are still based in something deeper, which gets into the ineffable. So if you, if you really want to, um, just go read some really old fucking books, like I'm not saying anything new. Have you done any psychedelics? Uh, I am actually um, maybe one of the leading uh, psychedelic experts on Earth. I was a rogue psychology student, um, and For because real? of all the red tape, yeah, because of all the red tape, I decided to turn myself into a human experiment. Um, wow, I've done, Ted Kaczynski. I've done well. No, I, they didn't be. do it to me. I just I just did it to myself because you that was a lot the, to that guy. That you was the can, only right? ethical thing that I could come up with. What drugs uh, the government put you on? What, 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 <laughs> well, actually, that, no, that is an interesting story because um, I was basically tortured my entire childhood. Uh, I, I basically see it as a kind of super soldier program um, because, like, all the ADHD and bipolar and all that bullshit, if you really dig through the layers of everything that was going on there, it's kind of like uh, creating an autistic super soldier um, because you can – you can hyper focus on specific details. You can, uh, you're like a zombie, you know, you're alienated from everything and fucking fuck your emotions. And honestly, like you can just go hours and hours and hours playing video games or whatever without food. This is why Twitch, I think is a government pro. Like this Twitch is creating the autistic super soldier. This game, uh, Let's player of the future. Mm. Um, well, Twitch is programming can... an entire generation to be marketed. I want to. I want to just make a make a yeah. point here. Is that what these people doing, like Fauci and all those people, isn't really By science. By the way, we gotta we gotta be careful. Though. We're on YouTube. We're on YouTube. Just all right. No, ah, right. No, 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 right. no, no. You I'm can just... talk about it. Use Creole. Be creative. Well, that that proves the point, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> I, mean, really I for like, one, I for one love Dr. Fauci. Yeah. No, it's, if it's we just... were if we were doing a stream that was not on YouTube, if it would if it was only like on D Live and Odyssey, then it's BTR After Dark. You could say whatever the hell you want, but that's not what we're doing for this right. particular experiment. See what we have to do. Right. By Can the way, just... by the way, hold on, call him hold on, man. Call him medicine hold on, hold on. What we got to do, and this is very important. What we got to do right now, all as an audience, is go to the Odyssey channel uh, on Break the Rules and subscribe to Odyssey as well, and also subscribe to uh, YouTube. So that's BreakTheRules.tv. The link is right in the description. BreakTheRules.tv. But as Yo, far, yes, I gotta go for now. But this has been great. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming in, Link. I appreciate it. Thank you. It, God bless, my friend.
Take care, and hopefully soon. So if we, if we want more speakers, we're yeah, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna get more speakers. And what I want to do is, I just wanted to finish what I was saying is that um, well, he, I'm gonna avoid his name, I guess. Call him the medicine. Oh wait, wait, hold on, Maz. Yeah, Maz, hold on, Maz. Before, uh, before. The AZT man. Hold on a second, Maz. Before, hold on, Maz. Sorry. Before that, I just want to make. I just want to find one thing out. I was told that there is a way that you can post links into the uh, into the Twitter uh, Hangout thing. Yeah, you can post tweets. Okay, how do you do that? Can somebody help me out here? Go to um, oh God, go to the um. There's a way. There's a way you could do it if you're a host. Let me see. Um, it's there's the writing. There's a, there's a way you could do it. Let me Google it actually. Okay, so while Geo is googling it, Maz, uh, take over. Um, science in its in its real form is just really in a very advanced form of common sense, which is what it's made to do. And there's nothing wrong with scientific improvement. As long as we take into account um, what it means to be a man, what it means to feel, what it means to just be. Like, um, there's points where it can go too far. Like, um, the I don't know if you've seen this, but they made robots that can actually reproduce. You've heard, you've seen that, right? You've seen that story. Uh, no, okay, okay. With, with those robots, no, I don't think that's exactly the case. I think that what happened with those robots is that there was actually live tissue that they were utilizing. It wasn't like they made these things completely from scratch. So they did not create that's life. Almost more that horrifying. Sense. Yeah, it's not really <laughs> any better. But like, my point is, is that science is meant to be questioned. It's meant for all of us to come together and be like, hmm. By this data that I've seen, it doesn't look like that's really true. And like, okay, but by this d- data, it seems like it is. And then you then you have a conversation about it. I think that's what people trying to worship it don't understand. They just don't understand the true meaning of what it is to be a scientist or to just follow whatever field you want to follow. Is that there that it's just a constant state of questioning is what it is, and then it refines itself further and further until there is eventual you know, an eventual solution or, or something like that. He's never, the questions never stop coming, which is great. Everybody should have some type of input into these things, you know, whether they know a lot or people don't know a lot. Yeah, like, uh, like you associating science with just advanced common sense. Like, that's one of the smartest fucking things I've ever heard in my whole life. It's what it is. It's literally what it is. It's it's exactly All what right, it is. love. I found There's out how to no do problem it. With that. Okay, h- how do you do it, Geo? What do you do? You have to go to the actual tweet and say go to the share icon and if you're a host of a space, it gives you the option to share in the space. Yeah, that's ah, no way. Okay, well I'm going to try that. Sorry I cut you off, uh, guys, uh Moz and King Salmon and Yeah, I um yeah. I have to. You I have to it. leave. So I want to say. I want to say one more thing before I leave. So we do have this uh, psychological warfare problem going on that is, you know, kind of a spiraling cultural paradox slash conflict war. Um, so the interesting thing that I found is you can actually. I'm uh, apparently I'm literally a legend and can just brainwash basically anyone. Don't worry about that. Um, so my point is basically this: uh, if you want to revolutionarily change somebody's worldview, you just have to kind of dig deeper and deeper into the various layers. Um, 
where it's like, okay, if it's it's called pacing and leading is one of the basics of persuasion. So it's like, do you really like your job at McDonald's? You know, like, is this serving your your deeper need for satisfaction? Because what we what we have is uh, like an autonomic nervous system, a limbic system, um, all of these things. Like, I'm even going to completely give Nietzsche credit, but then completely tear his shit to shreds, um, which is to say that uh, we have a emotional valence system, which gives like up or down value, like good or bad to just about anything. Um, but it's much easier to see in other people when they have cognitive dissonance because they keep running into brick walls. So even though your internal experience is a simulation, um, there is such a thing as objective reality underneath that connects the subjective and objective. And you can effectively reprogram that disconnected simulation any way that you want, but the underlying reality never changes. And, functionally most people in terms of their brain and their various organs with the neurons and the energetic memory involved um pretty much everyone wants the same thing so if you can just keep digging deeper and deeper into their drives and their uh, need for literally just transcendent spiritual love uh you can pretty much change absolutely anything else because the entire material world uh holds no sway over love yeah. So, is this also uh, connected in the way to uh, your icon? Because I noticed that you have that uh, the Ouroboros, similar to sticks, and you have that uh, dot in the center as well as the cross that's above. Can you explain? Well, it's a uh, um, yeah. it's a Zen. It's a Zen Enso, which is basically an Ouroboros, like an empty circle. But then in the middle is actually a circumpunct and a phi connected, and then it's actually a globe. What's it called? Globe Globus Crucius, like Christ's dominion overall interesting because awesome. when it comes to uh when it comes to the cross that's some hardcore synchronism right there yeah when it comes to the cross itself i've always seen it as being a symbol of everything meeting up at the center so yes actually yours, um, yours is above I, the center though i really have to have to leave but i should shout out jesus because he's the only person that was ever cooler than me so um like the, <laughs> no for, <laughs> amen so, um, no, for real. The uh, the interesting thing about the uh, patterns of self-sacrifice and resurrection and all that um, is actually an inescapable mechanic of reality itself at the most fundamental level, which is to say that uh, no matter what you do, you are sacrificing your entire life and being to it, whatever it is that you choose to do. So that's probably why you should seek heaven and all will be given to you kind of thing, um, because it is that Peterson nonsense about picking the highest ideal and literally sacrificing your life to it. You have no choice but to self-sacrifice. It is our nature. And even further, every single moment of existence is constantly dying and being reborn. Um, so that is fundamentally an inescapable. Jesus was definitely real and was completely right. And that is it. Nice. You know, what, what do you guys think about lives up t- TikTok? Lives Amen. Up TikTok. Amen. Amen. That's what I think. I think, I think it's the Joker. They literally all they all are expressions of like the Joker archetype. I swear to God, they're like look at their makeup and look at what they're doing. It's a it's a it's a like right hemisphere versus left hemisphere. I think the right hemisphere is waking up to some degree in our uh, left hemisphere dominant society. Um and it's fine. Don't worry about it. I gotta go. Peace. All right. All right. Thank you so much for coming in, Kick Salmon. Wait, Gio, I have a question. How are you sharing this? Are you sharing this on your phone? Are you sharing this on the computer? What are you My doing? Phone. Guide me through this. Your phone. Okay. Yeah, maybe you that's go over the not... tweet and you click share. So 
We oh man, we have UG and if you want to speak, brother, we we were floating the idea of having you on BTR anyways. So um if you wanted to speak Where is uh, uh where where is UGN here? We also have uh, Jacob Lindsay as well coming in. All right, so uh, let's see. No, so invite Nathan on Duff. Again. One thing that I was hoping to talk to is Turkey Tom. I'm like a huge fan of his, and I oh, saw shit. that he was in here, so like, oh my god, I'm gonna join because he's yeah, here. Yeah, I think he wasn't. left, but, but uh, I'm let happy me see I did, if I can. Let me see if I can wrangle guys. the turkey. Well, let me see if I can wrangle the turkey back in here for a Thanksgiving uh, thing. Yes, exactly. No, I'm so trying I was to figure out the thing with the links. Um, now that UG is listening, um, Glink was talking about um, the sort of uh, the individuality of the subject, and uh, Mary Harrington was here before, and unfortunately she left because uh, I think it's getting late. It's getting pretty late there in Bongland. Um, but there's this book, very terrible, uh, by that Bratton guy at Varso. He's a total Varso tired, and he wrote this book in response to Giorgio Agamben over the. Uh, global world tour pestilence uh, backstreet boys world tour um and he basically used a lot of the critiques of scientism pre present in post-structuralist philosophy and, and postmodernism from uh derrida and leotard and so forth but actually in a weird way to prop up the scientistic neoliberal global order and the way he does this is saying that a uh, let's call it global pestilence uh is a way in which the actual genome of civilization, like on a biological level, we are connected, and now they're because we're connected by the uh, global, uh, you know, Backstreet Boys World Tour live in China pestilence. Um, because the sort of confines of biology has affected the globe the way that information technology has, therefore, we are no longer a subject. That you know, he looks at it and he's saying, Well, actually, you know, the societies of control is a good thing because we know we have no more things. Um, like there's no more any notion that you are an individual self or that you are a contained unit or that you have a sense of a soul or a subjectivity though you're he said you should think of yourself as an object actually and that you are part of the global uh, biomedical pharmacological regime and that actually it's a good thing because for some you know odd reason we have to preserve life above all else and so this is what these like hardcore um like left acceleration people think, you know, that right for Varso or zero bucks, which is really odd because you're basically predicating what got, what a Gombin would say is like the sort of role of bare life itself above all things. And it's like the absolute, and of course he's a transhumanist as well. So this is like the absolute limit of transhumanism. But what they don't say is that the sort of quality of life is erased, right? So you're just preserving a bio, a biometric you're preserving a mass of humanity because what is the logic of every transhumanist sort of thinking is that well you know maybe uh it's not good if like there's uh, x number of people on the earth and the people that are on the earth we should preserve them above all else because there is no god there's no metaphysics there's nothing there is just like light bare life and then therefore to conquer death we have to keep life itself into this horrendous stasis so if you actually, I encourage people to go, maybe not like, I encourage people to go to LibJet, not actually give money to this fucking ghoul, but um, go and buy that Bratton book. Go and buy it. Not buy it. Go and LibJet it. Because it's quite a read. It's like basically the blueprint of the uh, global pestilence that we uh, have been experiencing for the past two years. And uh, 
another thing too, please go to uh, Yuji's blog at his Substack, And if you really want someone who understands what's been going on the past two years with this particular issue, I mean, there is no better him, Dr. Benjamin Braddock. Um, but I, I just think it's very interesting how in this time in particular, the sort of issues that we were talking about of what is the role of life and what is the role of, um, what is the role of existence as a biological unit, how that is being thrown into question now by the Baxter Boys World Tour live in China, right? So that is like this issue of no longer are we thinking of things in terms of our collect, like in terms of um, a nation or an identity or a sense of self, but now it's like this, like, in this is, and again, this is where Moldbug Bug was totally wrong. You know, he wrote these articles about how it's going to destroy the uh, neoliberal global project. And it's actually it's strengthened it because now we're thinking in terms of history, neoliberal uh, mosaic society of like, you know, oh, the one world global, uh, you know, every uh, disease affects everybody, man. So think about as world citizens. And so that the whole like argument that these like reactionaries had in the beginning that like, you know, the global pestilence is going to disrupt power. It's going to shut down borders it's going to uh it's going to limit the efficacy of the global homogenous regime that was totally crap like that didn't happen it strengthened it. so we have to see we have to look at the logic of why is it that logically this thing could have destroyed the neoliberal project but it's actually strengthened it how is that happening because we're thinking of things in terms of this sort of global biopharmacological apparatus Quick question. of control yeah, so, sorry, go ahead. I'm, I'm rambling right now. What do you... Um, you're, uh, you're right. I mean, you're right. But what I want to ask is, what do you think about classical liberalism? Uh, sorry. Uh, you know you know what I'm saying. What do you think about that? What do you well, think I, about I, that? What do you think about it? It's not a thing anymore. I think, like, I... Oh, God. He talks about how classical liberalism or what people just knew as the original sort of Scottish Enlightenment liberalism, how that not only was that destroyed, but also the parameters by which it, it was a reality cannot, it doesn't exist anymore because all of the sort of like values that we think of, like, for example, in America with like the yeoman farmer Jeffersonian ideal, um, classical liberalism, and I know Carl's bad was here, he left, uh, he would like me saying this, but, uh, Classical liberalism was basically the values of what a lot of people, like on the political right, would talk about. Like, think of, um, you know, this is why people like Richard Spencer kind of like paleo progressives because they believe in like a very rigid a racial hierarchy, but at the same time, they believe in like liberal um, egalitarianism among that particular phenotype. That's why That's like Richard Spencer talks about. No, but they think that a lot of classical liberals, like they would jive with it especially in america like you had like lothrop stoddard was like the classic liberal du jour but yet his thought is very similar to spencer like why do you think richard spencer talks about like voting for joe biden right like it doesn't uh, make any sense it's because the, no, but the problem with the, but the problem with associating somebody like spencer with classical liberalism is that by the inherent uh, quality of excluding people based on certain characteristics they have no power over, I wouldn't say if we were to define classical liberalism in the particular 
way that I think it warrants it, I wouldn't say that would be a part of it at all. I understand what you're no, saying. No, but the, cla the classical about... liberals, they explicitly said that they were very much like a Western, um, like like a Eurocentric project. Like, they very much were just as, um, like, not maybe not explicitly racialist, but, I mean, a lot of them were. It's just that classical liberalism, the sort of uh, what people think it is, isn't... Um, it isn't really like the situation anymore. Like, yes, it is true that classical liberalism metastasized into like this modern, like radical liberal form. But what Paul Godfrey was trying to say in that book after liberalism is he's saying that what we have now is so different, like the sort of current crop of like modern leftism or even like modern, like conservatard, like American, like tax cuts for the rich sort of deal. Um, that's sort of a, such a deviation from what, these classical liberals and the Scottish Enlightenment actually thought. And so he was saying that classical liberalism simply doesn't exist anymore. That this whole thing about, like, let's go back to classical liberalism. Well, classical liberalism is basically like, um, <laughs> it's, it is kind of like uh, what people in, like, the you know first wave of, like, the alternative right were talking about. Like, they're very much, um, like, like, you know, the fact that you have this, like, sort of, um, you know, welfare statism married to like hipster racism it's kind of like that doesn't make any sense but you have to look at it from the lens of what these classical liberals actually believed and like from post the post enlightenment onwards right because what we have now is like totally different so but yeah, we could take certain like, no but we could take certain but geo we could take certain aspects of uh, what the people believed back then and bring it back while not taking other aspects and uh, leaving them behind, as I think was done. The big problem is that I think that there is too much, uh, what's the right word here? I think there is too much philosophizing going on here where models are created in our heads of what this particular model looks like and we don't take into account any nuance in life like when you go outside right now it's not like everybody's i mean yes you could say that people are programmed uh, to a certain extent by you know the woke paradigm or whatever the fuck but then again there are still aspects of people where it makes a lot of uh, sense to me that if there was somebody who did a good job I would hire them and I would work with them regardless of what color their skin is. And first I would judge their character. I think that is something that is inherent and something that if people were living with people who did not uh, display any bad intentions and did not, uh, you know, didn't act horrible, then it wouldn't matter to those people what color they would be or where they would come from. I think this is a very basic thing. I think we're overcomplicating this a lot when we try to create all of these classifications and say, well, we are not living in classical liberal times anymore, and back then this is what it meant. It's like, I don't know, at a certain point there's just so much mental masturbation going on about these terminologies, and I would rather just be very common sense and say, like, what are things that we don't want to happen here? Like, obviously, we don't want uh, children to be undergoing all the horrible things that the media is inflicting upon them today. That's very basic. But also, I don't think we want to have this centralized state where somebody that maybe, Geo, you would look up to them and I wouldn't, or the other way around, where somebody would start to enact certain policies that would be, you know, infringing upon the dignity of uh, people, where people would be forced to do things against their will to... And yes, you could say that right now there are certain aspects of that that are present and those need to be fought against, obviously. 
But no, the problem is, is love. The problem is that it's sort of like a conservatard, like cope, like it's like a contard cope to be like, well, there's this other group of people that came to the West and like they infiltrated and uh, like the cultural Marxists, for instance. Like, it's in, it's sort of a fantasy that you have. I mean, yeah, maybe there's some of it, but it's sort of like you're constructing a narrative in order to defle- deflect from the fact that liberalism has failed you. And has failed like largely Western European descendant people, and that it, you can't like really say these funny group of uh, you know Germans of a certain ethnic uh, origin that they came over to America and they like you know destroyed the universities like that's like you know James Lindsay Contard crap right like you have to really acknowledge what we're dealing with because it isn't like some like a like specter of like some Marxoid thinking that's going on like you know we're talking about like the global measures against this uh, particular uh, pestilence i mean these are like largely western liberal societies and like i mean there's other ones like singapore that are even like more brutal but like people don't talk about it because there's a media blackout yeah but, but there's still, a couple of things to... you can do you can either philosophize about it or you can fight against it and if you're going to fight against it then propose no, a certain like... propose a better propose a better system than a liberal one what is the better system that you have in mind that's what I no, understand. No, but I'm saying, yes, saying like, there's sort of, a, like, the, the termination of action itself within the political, that's, like, the big problem. And this system that we've concocted, this sort of, like, um, very, like, anglicized American global liberal order is specifically designed to, like, basically inhibit all political action. And, yeah, you could point out to, like, the protests against the, uh, the, the lockdowns in various countries but the reality like still remains that like as you live in like a very like sort of um like right-wing enclave like florida or wherever like the vast majority of western people are going to go along with it because they have been instantiated with the belief within the liberal managerial state they have you know been told that political action really is like a thing of the past it's almost like barbarity because all politics has been solved now we just have this like one order and that's it you know because okay, all but political then, issues are a matter but of, like, but then i don't understand what are you yeah but then what do you do because from what i see what is being done on particular circles of the internet is there is a solution being offered people aren't just sitting around musing about how horrible it is and the solution that's being offered is fascism or even uh, worse than fascism, and that's something that you have to admit is going on, and I see that as being a lack of creativity, basically a combination of being blackpilled against the world, while at the same time admiring uh, certain qualities and people that you would want yeah, to elevate. Yeah, but you have to face reality, to, love. Like, this is like the other day over. with fucking with the Sunny there. Like, uh, you, you can, like, say all you want, like, like go and touch grass and you're terminally online. But the reality is, like, birth rates across the Western world are declining into the toilet. And there's no, like, sort of way of saying, like, oh, well, that's not true. Like, I know people that have children who are Zoomers. No, like, no, it's not really, even about, no, you know it's not I mean? even like, about that. Statistically, I do, I do want there to be, I do want there to be pushback against things that we would find to be unfavorable. My whole problem is that I think that there is a tremendous amount of closed-mindedness and lack of curiosity within reactionary right-wing circles as far as how to solve these things. It just becomes the basic, no, let, let's, okay, let's, let's, let's put the that. dictator in that. there. Yeah. Let's bracket that for a moment, because you, this is like, the classic thing what i'm saying is that there is um 
there is this sort no, what of do you mean the classic thing? That's the most important of action thing. because of the specific issue that the world has been dealing with for the past two years. When you sort of link up that sort of uh, bio biopharmacological state of control, which is predicated on the sort of preservation of life or bare life itself. When you've linked that to this ethical quandary of like, well, if you don't do this and you're a bad person, most people will go along with it because most people, they are, uh, we, we live in a sort of like post-Christian age where most people are terrified of death because they no longer have a strong uh, belief in their native ancestral religions anymore. You know what I mean? Like, uh, what I mean by that, I mean, of course, Christianity. Uh, none of this, like, you know, pig and LARPing stuff. But the point being is that, like, when you threaten people on the most fundamental level, which is their own mortality, in an age in which they have no recourse other than materialism, other than sort of like this, uh, this sort of like apparatus of state worship control, because, like, really, what is there in terms of a higher authority? And I hate to say it, but a lot of the churches in the West have failed people in this regard in terms of being a source of authority to counteract the way they were in medieval Christendom, the worldly authority of these states. Wait, can I, uh, can I jump in real quick? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, wait, wait. So one, I one, actually one, have... Okay, some, go for it, go for it, yeah. Sorry, I just have some real-world um, experience with this. So I just became a full-fledged Catholic in my church, just fully full-fledged Catholic, and I had to go through CCD and all that jazz. They are not teaching Scripture as... It should be taught. Oh, exactly. They are failing. Exactly. They are failing us by not giving us the real deal, because the real deal is what leads people down to being Christian, not just a oh I'm in I'm I'm a Catholic in name or I'm a Protestant in name or I'm this in name. That shouldn't even exist because it doesn't need to. It's these people, the the leaders of our faith, whether it's Protestants or Christian or Catholics are failing us. It's simple as that. They are failing us. And no one wants to stand up and say, hey, to the Pope, you're failing us. You're saying that, oh, it's okay. Um, since the flesh aren't that bad, they're just um, not as bad as, like, jealousy or anything. They're all terrible. They are all terrible. All of them. And but that's the he, thing. Like, that's my... Yeah, exactly. They, oh, sorry, did you catch you? Leaders, all of us, are failing us. It's not because it's it's slowly losing the holiness that was God's church. It's it's sickening is what is what it is. It's sick, you know. Half the kids that I went with are only there because their parents forced them to. Yeah, exactly. Like especially mm. Catholic. Uh, like here in Canada, we have a separate uh, Catholic in Ontario school system and like they should just merge them they should get rid of it there's no tux, point uh, in, like the tux loves you tux loves you over here in the chat it also says the watering down of christianity is real i mean sure i could agree with a lot of all uh, all the stuff that you're saying and i can grant you all of these problems but it seems like we talk about the problems but then the only solutions that are ever brought up and i think it's because number one there isn't enough, which uh, Break the Rules is trying to fix, but there isn't enough cross-flow of uh, different people to speak with each other. People end up in their own circle. So it is true, Geo, and you know this 100%, that among people who are talking about a lot of this uh, stuff, specifically in uh, your circles, 
most of the solutions are being brought up, right and most of the solutions have to do with, uh, you know, uh, all the stuff that I don't want to have implemented, you know, not only for the sake of, uh, you know, myself and my family, as far as not discriminating based on, um, you know, based on genetics, but for any family or anybody who would want to be living up to a certain expectation of what it means to be an American or what it means to live in the Western world. So my concern is that there is this closed-mindedness and that there isn't as much of a pushback or, you know, not a, not a violent pushback, but at least an exchange of ideas from people who would disagree with you on the solution. So I don't know. Twitter has what's going on here. Twitter has stopped. Open app again. Hold on. Are we still live? There we go, going back into space. Let's see, reconnect to space. There we go, I'm back everybody, I'm back. I don't know what happened, I'm glad everybody is still here. Can you all hear me? Yes. All right, where, where, did, I, uh, where did I disappear off? What was the last thing I said? You muted yourself for some reason, I don't know. No, that's because the the app crashed. But uh, when when did that happen? What what was I saying before? About um, about uh, some I forget. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! Uh, okay, no. Okay, well then I'll say it one more time. My whole point is that the reason why BTR is what it is, bringing people together who otherwise wouldn't speak with each other, is because I do feel that among people who are within a uh, reactionary right-leaning circle, the there is a solution. It isn't just talking about problems all day. There is a solution that everybody has in mind, and the solution would be one that would not be favorable for, you know like let alone people who are let's say slightly liberal minded it wouldn't be favorable for people who would have the wrong uh, genetics you know whether we're talking about my family's ancestry on my mother's side or whether we're talking about you know like i know some migrant from nigeria who otherwise is perfectly qualified of uh, exemplifying um, you know qualities that any american would want to be exemplified so my issue with this whole thing is, yes, there are all these problems you're talking about, Gio, you're right. But, I mean, don't, uh, you know, don't assume that there isn't a solution that is being proposed all the time. And it's a very... Yeah, but those solutions, very... love, they, they sort of ignore the facticity of people's um, cultures and races and so forth. Like, that's my point. No, no, I'm talking about your so No, I'm talking about your solution. I'm talking about the solution that's being broadcast through more reactionary spaces. It's the same thing that we've heard time and time again, the whole, uh, you know, I, I don't even want to get into it that much. I understand that it's kind of beating it down. No, I agree. The point, strong but... man of history sort of thing is not going to be reality for quite some time, but that's sort of... Uh... I don't know but do you see? Have, but like, do you see something wrong if that's if that's the only thing? I don't know. No, but Geo, I really do see something wrong with the fact that we do have a lot of the nudist body uh, body pillows. I want to say the nudist bodybuilders that are reading exactly all the same books, not just Bap's book, but all the same stuff. And there doesn't seem to be any variety there. It's just like it's a bubble, and I think that that makes for less creativity. Well, what are in they how reading? How problems are solved? 
Well, okay, they're reading, uh, what do you call it? They're reading that Cycles of History book, uh, Decline of the West. Obviously, they're reading that. They're reading Julius Evola. They're reading, uh, what's the guy? Miguel who, uh, Serrano. Yeah, Miguel Serrano. They're reading uh, this, uh, this Jewish dude. What's his name? The one who um, wrote about uh, Iran. Winnegar? Uh, no, no, no. He's uh, somebody who Fuentes likes. I'm trying to remember his name right now. Paul Gottfried? Uh, no. Yes, no. yes, yes, Paul Gottfried. Yeah, they're, they're reading Gottfried. But the point is that there still seems to be a circling. How of does the he have time approach. between uh, the Let's Plays to read Paul Gottfried? Oh, sorry, <laughs> I'm casting shade. Um, no, but you I, see what I mean, Gio? The reason why I'm saying this is because I respect you as all, an artist and a friend. They and... don't actually read, they pretend. They read uh, ebooks. Sure, well, that's, that, that's even friends. worse. Yes. But the point they is, is that what? how is this. How is this different than the fucking TikTok witches at the end of the day? You know, it's still just like this. Oh no, no, been... no! I agree. Like, the problem is that the political right is also subject to the forces of like self-help grifter guruism. Obviously, not not naming names, but I'm saying that the model of the political right being like these cults of personality that hell hate each other and try to like grift off of their audience. As Break the Rules is trying to grift off their audience, please go to our Patreon. <laughs> yes, Patreon.com/slash/BreakTheRules. Um, Here, I'm going to put that need the super chats. Yes, need the yes, super chats. Yes, need I'm super put... chats to answer questions. Anyways, um, no, but this particular issue, and I see that Yuji uh, left, so left, please uh, maybe DM him. Because I really Hold do want to talk to him. I'm, I'm jamming it up over here. I'm typing in the Twitter for the Patreon, which I'm going to link to. By the way, everybody see the uh, subscribe to the Break the Rules YouTube and help BTR grow. BreakTheRules.tv. Go there right now and uh, subscribe. we got to get those subscriptions. The uh, Cernovich uh, Sticks uh, Health Nuts stream is happening. It's going to be happening December 23rd. So we've rescheduled it for later. My apologies for all the people who uh, were looking forward to that happening today. There was a you know health uh, situation with uh, Cernovich, but uh, we wish him all the best. Uh, he's going to be uh, recovering hopefully very soon. But anyway, Patreon. I gotta go. I'll be back later. Maz, thank you so much for coming in. I'm going to follow you later on. This is a of great course. to hear from you. Thank you. Well, Oh, yeah. well, let's see who let's see who else we got right now. So uh, Mason, by the way, I wanted to thank Mason for the uh, thoughtful message that uh, he DM'd. Uh, he said, "Love the show. Been watching you guys for a bit now. Great work. I really appreciate that, Mason. Thank you so much, brother." And uh, let's see who else we got here. We got a lot of people who I don't know, but uh, thank you so much for watching uh, the BTR stream. And uh, we're doing a special thing over here with this um, After Hours. So this is live streaming on YouTube. It is live streaming on DLive. And, on, you know, in fact, let me go in here. I'm going to start the adverts once again that are going to be appearing on the chat for all of you who are watching this live. So this is both a Twitter space and at the same time it is also a live stream simulcasting YouTube DLive twitch odyssey and you guys got to follow us on odyssey as well i'm going to put the link uh in as well but anyway um we do have to talk about just lane maxwell again because i want to get in Kristan. so Kristanti harris he's a friend of mine he was uh one of the witnesses during the uh, kyle rittenhouse uh, trial because he was one of the people who recorded kyle not that uh, you know, not the famous video, but the one before that when uh, Kyle was just talking with uh, Kristan, 
face to face, and uh, he's now covering the just laying Maxwell thing. One of the things that he noticed, and I'm going to post a picture here if I can. For those who want to see pictures, don't forget once again to uh, watch this uh, live in the link above that you could see in the Twitter space. But uh, one of the pictures that he posted was there was just like one reporter that was outside other than him during the trial. I believe it was yesterday. I'm not exactly sure. But um, it is pretty interesting. Oh, looks like Kristan is live right now at 500 Pearl Street. So uh, maybe later on he's going to come in here. But uh, one of those photos was just one dude, one reporter that was uh, there. And I guess there's that much of a lack of curiosity from the New York... Uh, based reporters on what's going on other than Chris Don and they're probably uh, this guy. told not to go Laz. they're probably told <laughs> not to cover it oh maybe or maybe they're just not interested that's uh that's another possibility that people could be that you know um have that much it's literally in my opinion one of the biggest stories of this century but nobody wants to cover it except for schizos on twitter and uh band up video and godlike productions and 4chan. That's pretty. That's really an indi indication of like modern, like late stage Western civilization right here, eh? Like that. That mm -hmm. really is something about our. It says quite a lot about our society. <laughs> it does. Well, here's a photo. I posted it uh, here. Hold on. Why isn't it loading? Let's see. Is it because? What the? Hold on. This is weird. Geo. Oh, hold on. I think I know why, or I don't. Okay, anyway, I'm going to try to figure out what's going on. Was it the titty photo? Oh, you know what it was? I think it, the tit? No, 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 no. I think it's because the stupid thing wasn't scrolling. Okay, now it works. Yeah, I got to I gotta scroll it myself. But you see the photo that I posted over here in BTR chat? Oh, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So this is how empty this uh, place is. And he wrote over here. Let's see if I can find it. He wrote... Um, only one TV camera out in front of the courthouse. And uh, that's December 7th, so that was a couple of days ago at 5 p.m. Yeah, so that's that's what's going on there. That's a weird noise. I don't know if that's your phone. But anyway, let's get some more speakers here. We have uh, we have Andrew Rogers, a.k.a. Tux Loves You, joining us. We have Duffy, and we have uh, the Disharmonious uh, Heretic uh, back back with us. So uh, we get a lot of good people here. You know, we, uh, we really value the amount of people that watch this right now. I mean, this is a small show, BTR. Hasn't been going for a long time, only since uh, May of 2020, but already BTR has been growing by leaps and bounds, despite uh, Big Tech not really being the best place for all this stuff to be promoted. So I am very grateful for all the uh, donations, for all the super chats, for all the patrons that we're getting oh, yeah. to uh, keep this thing going. You know, this is... This is one. This is one of a kind. Because where else are you going to have the opportunity for people from all these different parts of the internet to regroup and uh, talk? So especially I, with Twitter, yeah. Now I have the Rob Van Dam one of a kind song stuck in my head now. So uh, I'm. So for all the new speakers, we have uh, Philip Daniel Olda. We have my good friend Astro. Um, Flight, a well, no longer Flight Astral, but, you know, he was Flight Astral till Jack, or rather Parag. God bless him. Peace be upon him. All wisdom, shanti, 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 on our new ruler, <laughs> Parag. 
hopefully uh, he bears mercy down on us from his his mudra will touch us with his mercy. Yes. Um, so I want the spiciest, hottest takes on the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. Um, I already stated that the Jeff, the, the Josh Duggar thing is probably a distraction from it because they can focus on a conservative Christian instead of, uh, you know, anyways, uh, spiciest takes. Who you just can't help it. First? I just Let's... can't help it. Love you. <laughs> All right. Uh, Next, uh, well, let's see. I don't know, Philip. Do you wanna do you wanna have some input on this conversation? What's up, buddy? Hey, uh, I'm doing well. You? I'm doing great. I'm just sitting down here in my uh, desk, uh, on my standing desk. I'm finally sitting down. And check out this chair for all the people who are not watching this live. Uh, shame on you. Uh, but here, this is the chair. Let's see if I can bring it up to the screen right now, so you could sort of see it. Oh. Oh man, I've got it stuck here. So this it's is the. It's a gamer uh, fuel chair. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, it's a uh, it's the embody chair from uh, what's that company? The Herman Miller. Okay. Well, now that uh, no, God bless his soul, but uh, you know, after Rush Limbaugh passed, I think that Ball and Branch sheets, bed sheets, should sponsor BTR. So go to Ball and Branch QR code, <laughs> break the rules. I love the way that Rush used to say it. He's like, go to Bowling Branch, hashtag code rush, to get, uh, God bless his soul. He was way more based than what people thought. Uh, right. So RIP Rush Limbaugh. RIP. Um, By the way, so VG wants to see me recline. Let's see here. I'm going to go on the lowest. I'm going to go Rush on the lowest Limbaugh, setting. By Rush Limbaugh, I mean Jim Morrison. He was Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison faked his death and became Rush Limbaugh. That's the conspiracy. So, uh, like, yeah, you know how, like, the, people uh, say that uh, Bill Hicks here. became Alex Jones? Yeah. Yeah, apparently Jim Morrison became Rush Limbaugh. That's, uh... Oh, man. Yeah. People can't just pass I away and it. leave them. I believe it. Yeah. I mean, I haven't really listened yeah, to a lot of, uh... I, I haven't really listened to a lot of uh, Rush Limbaugh at all, I'd say. I have no idea what kind of a speaker he was. No I head? He was... No, I... You're I, not I a ditto head left? No, I never got the uh, never got the opportunity. You're a victim of the. Well, but, look, I was living no, no, no Gio, I was I was living in New York City, and uh, you know we had the John Stewart and the Colbert. Rush. Nobody in New York all listens there. to Rush. Yes, exactly. Like, they literally block out the signal. You can't live <laughs> in New York City and listen to Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, but the poor guy, he got addicted to the uh, painkillers. That's uh, one, of the, one of the things that I found out about him. It's a shame, you know? You know You know what's funny? I remember one time years ago when he had this thing with Alex Jones. It was during the Talkies uh, award show. Um, Alex Jones is like, listen, I would never hold someone's personal failings against them. Then, like, literally the next second he said, but, you know, Rush Limbaugh, he had so many pills that could kill a grown horse. He had multiple doctors and nurses shopping for him. And it's like, oh, my God, Alex, savage, savage. Mm. So they didn't really get along, those two, right? Well, no, like Alex Jones said that um, Rush would, like, steal his bits occasionally. Like, uh, but then, like, near the end of his life, I guess, like, um, he became more cool with Rush Limbaugh. Like, yeah. Because it is true, there's people in media who've been stealing Alex Jones' takes for years. Like, especially, like, um, 
conservative media like Sean Hannity and all that, like they'll like periodically get interns to listen to him for hmm. wars. And they'll like well, there's, there's something that looks so fake about uh, Hannity. Just he looks so made up, so fluffed up. Do you know what I mean? Like with yeah, the, uh, he's the perfect tan. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's it, it's it's all dolled up. That's what I would describe it. There was this Tim and Eric sketch called All Dolled Up, where they had these. Uh, you could say like they were bit players, or they were people who worked on rigging, you know, dead things behind the scenes on various TV productions in the '80s, and they were just sitting there having a chat talking about the old days and kind of like one-upping each other we're saying well uh what, what's his name uh philip gould is is it philip gould or what's the famous gould in uh in hollywood i'm trying to remember his name right now i don't know if he was a director or not do you know who i mean who is a gould i was gonna say glenn gould but glenn thank gould you that's it that's it pianist wait no 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 it's not glenn gould <laughs> yeah, you're right no no, that's the ghoul that you uh, that you know of uh, because of uh, because you're a pianist. Anyways, as well. please love. No, not yeah. speaking of Glenn Gould. Hold on. Yeah, what about... K- KMG is not a fan, so I've been told. Oh no! Wait, who is KMG? Damn. Kevin Who's Michael KMG? Grace. Who's that? But he's he's also a fellow former co-host. That's Luke Ford's former co-host. Who's Luke Ford? Oh, he was part of the... Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. This is OG alternative, right? <laughs> this yeah, is like a this blast is back in the, in the past. Um, I have yeah. no idea who you who you people are talking about. Who are all these... This is uh, back when um, Godwood was Melhi, and um, back when Babylonian yeah. Hebrew was still active, and yeah, the golden I age. I think he's still on Twitter, Babylonian. But, um, yes, he is, but let's not talk. Please, let's not talk soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, no, I wanted the spiciest takes. So, if Philip, if you want to go first, then we're going to go to Andre, then Ulda, then Astral, then Zero Cav again, joining us again. Zero Cav. Um, I haven't been paying too close attention to this case. I haven't had time. It's funny, though, because I... Uh, I recently, you know, just um, just 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 as an aside, I received my certificate for recommendation to the Pennsylvania bar, so I'll be admitted to the Pennsylvania Whoa. bar soon. Woo! Which is, uh, nice, nice, quite nice, yeah. And um, but no, you I have to pay too close attention. That happens. To... Never mind. Never mind. Never. Mind. Yes, a, a lawyer, never. composer, Jew, right? <laughs> <laughs> you uh, you can say that. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Also copyrighted, but um. Oh man, your yeah, your mom your mom must be uh, very proud. She is very proud. None of his music. Yesterday she was way, disappointed. Today she's proud, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of being a lawyer, not of his music, ironic, uh, ironically enough. But um. No, I mean your mother likes her music. No. Oh well, yeah. Well, I mean, well, you know what I mean. <laughs> Anyways, wait, Philip. What kind of music does your mom like? Uh, Judy Garland, Barbra Streisand, Barry Manilow. <laughs> That's Maybe. why she doesn't like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, t- you trying to do like? What about like Eth- Ethel oh, Merman? Man. Like that? Also, so something like that, right? I guess she likes some Edvard Grieg. Maybe I don't know mm-hmm. some some Rachmaninoff, but 
Mm. If I shared with her the the Paganini variations by Rachmaninoff, I don't think she'd she'd like that. I see. So she she Some likes the them being a little a little bit more jazz hands, a little bit more sing sing and dance, right? Perhaps, yeah, a little less disharmonious. That's yeah, that's true. That is the quality <laughs> that you <laughs> that you imbue in your music, and it's I, something well, that I it, it requires. It requires, I think, a lot of patience and a lot of perceptiveness to be able to uh, get into that So my that music. Blows have all been very conservative and tonal. Hmm. If you Indeed. haven't noticed. Well, very well that, that, that's the Those thing. Those are I just, earlier pieces. I, that I, that I is true, the, yeah. I just enjoy the music. I don't know what to tell you, Philip. Uh, you're an incredible... And by the way, guys, follow Philip on Twitter right now. He's an incredibly talented musician. I don't know how many followers he has, but he needs more followers he sneeds more followers so sneed him your follow right now okay but uh, anyway any thoughts on uh, jizz lane the lane of jizz any thoughts on her some of the testimony is is uh, a little bizarre and it it does look like she was an equal partner in uh this business relationship if i may say so but I haven't been paying too close attention oh, to God. it. I, I mean, like that photo I think with the, with the foot it, massage. I know, I know the defense was arguing that Ghislaine Maxwell is being victimized by a sexist legal system, a sexist judicial system. That's predictable. That's part of the course. They're I trying guess. to do the Carla Homoka defense, which yeah. I find laughable on so many levels. Um, did really they do that? Myself. Was yeah, was that was that defense used with um the uh, Smallville actress? Oh, the XT whatever mm. call. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, there there's an update yeah. by the way from Chris Don. He says just Lee Maxwell defense team just moved for acquittal of charges. Annie Farmer testifies live from Southern Jurisdiction Courthouse. We need your help. So. Let, yeah, let me see if I could share this uh, link over here. This is on Facebook, by the way. So Kristan uh, still uses uh, Boomer Book for the broadcast here. <laughs> Without doxing myself, I live like um, I live fairly close to where uh, Carla Homoka and Bernardo <laughs> were uh, doing their crimes in the early '90s. Um, and every time, like a female defendant comes up, they do this like typical victim of abuse thing but i don't think like they could really do it with jizz lane because like just the the sheer evidence of like her being like a top procurer it's like ridiculous to even suggest you know that she was abused or whatever yeah i mean she knew all these people and uh i don't know do you think she's going to get off is there uh what's the uh if you're a betting man, look what would at you say? look at Astra's uh, tweet. This one broke me, bro. It's not gonna make. <laughs> she does look super like Astro. She does look super cute in this photo. I gotta admit, I have a I don't know. I have a thing for older women. I don't know why. <laughs> Just it is Le what it is. Love. Hey, how, how long are you guys gonna be on for? I have um, no idea. This is this is an experiment. This is an experiment, so we'll see what happens. Maybe till like I would say six thirty-seven. I don't know. All right, I'm super indisposed at the moment, but I'm gonna stay on and I'll be back. All right, don't don't uh, have too much fun without me. I'll be back. Thanks for giving me the mic, Geo Panachetti, nationalism forever. Thank you, my brother. 
Yeah, he he's got a wife and kids and all that. He's busy, so. Mm. Anyways, yes. But I will be back though. So you guys, you guys, ham it up. Thank you so much. No problem, my brother. Oh my God, we have Dago Supremacist. I wonder if he wants to talk. Um, Let's. I'm gonna invite Dago on. He's a good friend of mine. Um, So Andre, did you have the or Philip? Are you done, or do you want to? The floor is yours. I think I'm done. I mean, there's not much that I can say on yeah. this. I haven't paid much attention to it. <laughs> I so, think, uh, I mean, yeah. I can't. So how about, really uh, how about to disclose talks? anything? The, the, uh, protective orders and confidentiality agreements, but I've been, uh, working on a case involving a certain insurance company behemoth. So, Ooh. yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, so Andrew, you want to talk to my friend and then maybe zero uh, and then older. I was just going to ask Lev in, in which sense, you know, to his question he posed. Well, what's the question? You what asked, you uh, oh no. <laughs> I'm confused. You asked oh. uh, if you thought she was getting off. Oh, oh, oh man, that's such, that's such a kindergarten level. No, that's fine. Listen, you have, you have a charity that you should promote, okay? What's this charity? That you were working at. So, right. So, um, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is doing a, um, we're doing th- this thing called the Giving Machine. Uh, it's at a bunch of different, uh, cities. Let me, uh, should have had this list, uh, uh, before me. But, uh, so I, I, I've been volunteering at one in Kansas City. Uh, so basically it's, it's like a vending machine. You, you walk up to it, uh, and you get to pick, uh, which, th- uh, item you, you want to donate to a family in need. So this is a special thing that uh, we're doing uh, during the Christmas season. So we have one in, um, is that in Hawaii? Uh, HI is Hawaii, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think HI. So, yeah, so, yeah there's one in Hawaii. Uh, and uh, There's one in uh, Denver, Colorado. There's one in Gilbert, Arizona. There's one in Kansas City, Missouri, uh, which I've been volunteering at. There's one in Las Vegas, uh, Nevada. One in Nashville. Uh there's one in New York, uh, Oakland, California. There's one in o- Orem, Utah, and another one in Salt Lake City, uh, Utah. And um, maybe I should post a, a link to the uh, to this. Uh, I'll put it in I the already, stream chat. Yes, put it in the stream chat, and I already uh, uploaded it to the uh, chat as well on the well in yeah. the uh, BTR chat. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's a really neat opportunity. It's really uh, it's really cool because they uh, it's 100% of the um, of the proceeds uh, from your donation go straight to the charities. All the transaction fees and the you know costs of the machine are all handled by the church. So it's a pretty mm. cool thing to do. So this is I all donated... like a vo- volunteering on behalf of the members of the church. That's how this is able to get off the ground. Yeah. Uh, and some obviously, and uh, there's also some volunteers from the uh, some local, um, you know, the local charities that we're working with. They're also uh, there. Um, so, yeah, I donated uh, so far. I've donated uh, two uh, laptops and a uh, and a uh, blanket. <laughs> to nice families in need. So, well, that's very nice of you, man. Cool. And it reminds me, it reminds me of the stream that we had yesterday with uh, Lord Miles, who I've been talking with. He is going to be back with us soon so uh he's a very nice gentleman and he went for those who don't know lord miles he went to afghanistan as part of a charity thing uh to uh, help out and he ended up uh, being there when the taliban took over 
But from what he uh, told us, the Taliban, they were pretty nice to him, at least the ones that uh, he got to encounter there. They took selfies with him even. He was seen as kind of like a celebrity. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, then he then he managed to get out of there. And now I'm not really sure what he's what he's up to. But no, I do know what he's up to. I don't know what he's, he's up to right now. He's going to Sudan. Sudan, that's right. He's going to be in Sudan. Not only, well, he's going to be in the place in between Sudan and Egypt, this unclaimed piece of land, and he's going to set up a community there. He's going to set up a, a new village, kind of like the man who wants to be king style, I guess. That's, uh, <laughs> it's very exciting. Real, uh, delicious throwback to the British Empire. Yeah, the, the man who would be king, sorry. Read. So, um, but anyways, Andrew, what is your spicy take on the uh, Jiz Lane trial? Oh, I think she's very complicit. I haven't been following the trial too uh, closely, unfortunately. But the uh, I definitely think she's incredibly uh, complicit in what, what went on there. I mean, she was... <laughs> and what, some pretty... what do you think, like, what is the difference, I think, between the, like... Um... Like male dark triad psychopath and like uh, a particular form of uh, female sexual cruelty. Like, what do you think motivates Ghislaine uh, Maxwell? Like, why is it that uh, psychopaths, kind of like Carla and, and Paul Bernardo, why do they sort of like find each other that way? Is there sort of like a magnetism there? Or do you think that they have a similar mindset? Because what would, like, it's kind of like that one uh, Hungarian, um, the the empress that was uh, torturing and butchering and uh, people by Elizabeth the Bathory. Elizabeth yes, Bathory. Yeah. yeah. Like, this sort of female sexual sadism is rarer than the male, of course. But when it's turned on, it is usually horrific and prolific and widespread. And I wonder what motivates that. Wow. Uh, I mean, is it a biological thing? I mean, I, I, or, uh, I mean, definitely there's biology, uh, biological factors in play, but, uh, I'm a, I'm a computer professional, so, um, a little outside of my domain of expertise, but that's a good question as far as, uh, mm. I don't know if well, I know the answer I, to I, it. I have a separate question for you, uh, Tux. As a computer professional, what would you say is the uh, level of uh, expertise and mastery of somebody like, uh, hold on, man, this is so, so embarrassing because uh, he made Temple OS. What is his name? What is wrong oh, with Terry me? Davis. Terry, Terry Davis. Terry Davis, that's it. Rest in Terry Davis. I was following that story uh, quite extensively while it was happening uh, and it was unfolding uh, on G. We were watching all the uh, people that would visit him uh, in his final days. Um, but his uh, expertise, I mean, he's brilliant. I mean, the guy, um, you know, definitely has incredible technical chops. I mean, he, he was, you know, he did, he as he said, uh, with uh, some colorful language, he wrote a freaking compiler, right? Like, he uh, uh, he uh, he did, he wrote uh, his entire system, and he got it far enough along that it could, like, bootstrap itself. It could build itself from itself. Which is a huge milestone uh, when building like an OS or something like that. Like having your tool be able to eat its own dog food like that—that's uh, pretty cool. Uh, and the uh, the just the kind of stuff he was doing with uh, like optimizations for. Uh, well, he did a lot of stuff. He I don't know. I don't want to get too much into jargon, but like he he had uh, the shell for the operating system, 
kind of like a command prompt in Windows or DOS or like a the Bash shell in Linux. Like his shell was like C programming language. It was nuts. <laughs> so. I can't yeah, I don't, imagine. I don't know. All, all yeah. that I recall, though, is that uh, simulate that flight simulator that he was showing off with the uh, with the eagle and the uh, the yeah. arc. You know who I'm talking about? That's, I mean, it, it looked very prim- Yeah, it looked very primitive. Obviously, it looked like early '90s graphics. You know, even mm-hmm. worse. But maybe for doing it in that particular space, it was impressive. I don't know, like. What was it about well, being able to generate those three-dimensional shapes that were rotating around? Like, why was that something that was very unprecedented and impressive? If it was, maybe it wasn't. Well, I don't know if unprecedented, probably not. But um, one of the things that is, I mean, it is very... 3D graphics is, uh, you know, especially if you're building in any kind of rendering engine from scratch, is uh, incredibly uh, math, you know, intensive. And, you know, you need to know a decent amount of, like, theory and... You know, uh, well, there's a decent amount about like you know math that uh, to to be able to draw 3D. There's a lot, uh, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, just being able to manipulate things in a 3D space like that, mm. you know, requires some pretty heavy Corey math. Kick and... said uh, it looked like RuneScape, kind of did. Yeah. Did. Well, he was using. Uh, I think he, he was just uh, he was using software rendering on the CPU. In uh, uh, so the amount of things that a CPU just the way that CPUs work, they're not as good at doing those types of like drawing and shading operations. So yeah, the um, the rendering, you know, and the lighting was obvious. I mean, it was pretty primitive, right? So interesting. Yeah, and I also I also noticed that there was let's say I can't find it right now. I was here just a moment ago. There are people there that still w- run Temple OS. Like there are mm-hmm. actual people that do yeah. That. There are people that actively are working on uh, and develop uh, Temple OS. They have uh, there's uh. There's a few. There's one I think that's called like Heretic or something. It's like a fork of it. It's like a, a heretical fork of Temple OS that adds like networking and higher screen resolution. And all this you know other was, stuff. You know what's funny? Oh there was, no, that that's there was there was somebody very haram. Very there was haram. somebody here. There was somebody here inside of the uh, Twitter. I just saw their avatar, uh, who was a woman who was uh, atheist and uh, in her bio was atheist and a feminist. And I think she left right when we started talking about Temple OS. <laughs> oh, see, there you go. That's the ultimate uh, here when it comes to. Uh... Oh, we have Conan S too. Nice. Yeah, but it's funny yes. as soon as you start talking about Terry Davis, the atheist, uh, the fedora tip, <laughs> the fedora tip out of here. Well, what's uh, what's funny is like uh, with my computer friends. For my computer friends, even the atheist ones, the, the things that. The thing that currently, obviously, is uh, you know causing people to part ways uh, is definitely the uh, the imported delicacy, uh, and you know. Yeah, that's there is a okay. I see one of the people here, a Yakumo Jack, a writer based in Yokohama, Japan. I have no idea who this person is. They may be completely fake, but it is interesting. Uh, like. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I should get this guy on if he wants to go on, if he is indeed living in Japan. We'll see. Maybe this is all a ruse, and this is me taking kind of a risk. Like I said before, I don't want to take risks here, but I looked at his profile, and he seems to... um, He wrote something, uh, Bare shelves for the first time in Yokohama. Stick 666 official, you may have saved me. So, okay, I trust him then. I know that he's not going to... 
So, sorry, Gio, that's my metric for trusting people. So, <laughs> Yo, oh, God. Yokohama Jack, I'm going to invite you to speak. I hate I to say no it, idea. I hope the uh, Japanese restrictions, I mean, this year's uh, Wrestle Kingdom is going to be a disaster. I, I hate to say it. It's all over. Uh, sorry. Wait, it's Anyways, all over. You, you, you can't say uh, it's all over. That's, isn't that considered... Isn't it's all over considered to be a, pro- a problematic thing to say now? That it's, was a like, hate, I, it's a hate phrase. It, yes. It's like saying the 14 words now. Saying it's all exactly. over. So, exactly. Uh, also, I'm going to inform you the only other space I'm seeing is by uh, a few mutuals of mine called the... Uh, so Annie Slats is there, but also hosted by Rad Femme Hitler, our favorite woman. The glorification oh, of society. But but it's funny, like, keep... Please, don't go over... <laughs> Why did you say that? Why did you mention it? God damn it, no, You gotta keep that shit to yourself. I mean, no one's gonna listen to a bunch of women talk. Really. You gotta no, keep I'm that shit to yourself. Alright, I mean, look, um, I think Kristan is doing something. Here's the thing, Gio... I gotta eat. I gotta eat. Uh, we gotta. This is good because this wait. We have that final to... word from people. There is uh, a few people that want to speak. Okay, um, final so word. Castizo, let's go. Let's go for the final. Yes. Then Zero Kev, you didn't get to speak. Um, so, yeah, Castizos. Zero Kev, do you have anything to say about the trial? Yeah. Um. You know, I haven't really been following it, but I think, of course, uh, the. Maxwell, uh, I guess, defense team is going to, of course, going to use the, oh, I'm just a woman. I was just, they're basically going to use the whole, um, I was following orders uh, argument, but like for women. Uh, but I think the question we got to ask is, you know, you know, who's going to kill themselves first? Jislaine uh, uh, Maxwell or uh, Julian Assange? And um, mm. I, of course, think it's Julian Assange because. Uh, well- <laughs> This delay. The Carlo Mocha defense. Oh, quick, uh, quick, quick aside, I just wanted to say, we got a new patron. I don't want to say their name because it may be doxing them, but they're a $7 patron on patreon.com slash break the rules, so I want to thank you so much. And also, Croin Kicks just donated $5 US super chat after our sneed. Thank you so much, Croin Kicks. I really appreciate it, brother. But anyway, yeah. so, sorry, uh, Zero Cap, go for it. Uh, so, no, I, I think... Uh, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think lightning's gonna um, strike twice with this whole um, like uh, Epstein like killing himself thing. Cause like, uh, I mean, they already got Epstein, and you know, if they kill her, it's gonna just look extra sus. So I think it, this is just one of these limited hangouts where uh, they like let, they reveal some sort of truth by um, letting her be prosecuted. But uh, the whole picture is sort of uh, never gonna be revealed because uh, you know Epstein killed himself. But he didn't. He didn't, though. But he did. Hmm. Interesting. Well, yeah, you're uh, right. It would look too suspicious. That's. Um, so who else wants? Because uh, you locked right as. There's chat. Probably not only see based accounts listening to this uh, chat. Who listening? Thank you very much. Uh, yes, thank you, thank you to uh, to uh, Mason. Go Mason to is uh, we had to bitch sticks, hacks, and hammer talk because uh, uh, you know um, stuff. Also, Sardinovich is not he's not yeah he's not feeling well right now, but he's very excited about coming on, and he's going to be coming on twenty third. Uh, we're going to have 23rd, my birthday yeah. on the twenty third of December. Yeah. Um, and also go to my pin tweet. Uh, I have a bunch of content things. 
I was recently on the uh, Drug Cult Gang podcast. We talked about the post-left and psychedelics and glow-in-the-darks glow in Silicon Valley. That's really funny. Um, so, uh, Castizo, are you there, my friend? Yes, I am. Uh, thank you guys for having me on. Um, oh, no problem, I guess brother. My two cents on the trial is, you know, I the, the big sticking point for me more than anything is just the complete and total media blackout on it versus, you know, you know, the written house, which I know everybody here knows that. But, you know, with that in mind, I mean, it really is up to us to amplify, amplify and amplify any gold nuggets of truth that come from this because nobody else is going to do it. Um, so I guess that's my two cents on that. And uh, I actually requested to speak when you mentioned the Radfeb thing, because I actually just hopped on over here from that. And the second they said we're not going to have any men speak, I dipped because who wants to listen to a bunch of shrill women for ramble on for oh, minutes come straight on. while they can't get You know, it? I gotta oh, say, <laughs> I gotta say though, Radfem has always been nice to me, and Annie Slats is a good friend of mine. Um, but I, I don't know, Radfem, she, she just knows how to get under people's skin. So after this, I might hop on and see what they're saying. But uh, thank you for coming over. We also have a new speaker who is a follower of mine, Bronze Age Centurion. Actually, did you talk before? I think you talked in another BTR after dark. I forget. Uh, I was the guy responsible for the vulture of liberty speech people are talking about nowadays. Um, oh, oh. he's a massively based individual. But uh, thanks for having oh. me. I'm going to have to listen to that. Nice. Well. Oh, no problem, my friend. What I have to say, though, is in regard to the uh, Maxwell trial and Epstein, has anyone here considered the fact that, in all likelihood, by the apparatus of state and the way they operate, the entire element of turning Epstein didn't kill himself into a meme and the visceral reaction on our side due to seeing it turn into a meme was by design? Because this is how intelligence... Yeah, I, I mentioned that in the beginning, yeah. This is how they operate, 100% of the way. Disinfo campaigns are phenomenally, strangely useful, and, you know... As much of a spurg and a weirdo as William S. Lind was, he was very right with his work on the fourth-generation warfare concept. We're in it right now. It's a monolithic yeah. thing, and it's a right pain in the ass. Who was William S. Oh, Lind yeah, for the uninitiated? Who was William S. Lind for the uninitiated? William S. Lind was a strategic advisor who was halfway full of shit, Unless he was reined in by some people who had actual military experience. Thank God he had handlers. Otherwise, we wouldn't have the book Fourth Generation Warfare or his involvement in the Fourth Turning as a concept. Interesting. I'm familiar uh, he, with, the uh, fourth worked... uh, with the Fourth Turning, but I'm not quite sure what Fourth Generation Warfare is. Can you explain? Oh, I want you to imagine a fine line between manipulating a population's internal dynamic and internal monologue Cyber warfare, as in the same bandwaves and things we're all doing on Twitter and dealing with and fighting and everything else, right? But then add in actual population dynamics and, and regional dynamic fluctuations for, for demographics, how demographics behave to these changing things. Uh, introducing elements to said populations via media, uh, via official or endorsed unofficial media. It's kind of complicated, but if it sounds retarded, but it works, that's exactly the same philosophy the federal government has towards all of us. My oh, that makes yeah, yeah, I believe... Well, um, wait, wait. 
Wait, okay, my only, my only, uh, I have a, I wouldn't say criticism, my only skepticism here is the, maybe at least the appearance of ineptitude, how, you know, there's all these Gen Psaki people uh, running things, and sure, you could say, well, behind them, there's like the shadow and yada, 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 and sure, maybe, I don't know, the difficult thing for me to imagine here is, you see a school like Yale, and you see all of the woke things that are going on in a school like Yale or Harvard, and then you would think about something like the, uh, if you remember that movie, The Good Shepherd, they had all those scenes with uh, Skull and Bones, so you would think of an organization like Skull and Bones, where they would be doing some pretty uh, hefty stuff in order to get an issue. Are you aware... Are you aware yeah. that the produ- some of the producers of the Skull and Bones Club were actual Yale graduates and members of the Skull and Bones Club? Wait, uh, producers of the Good Shepherd or a different movie? Because you no, no, the, the movie producer- itself, Skull and Bones. I haven't seen that movie, so I don't know. Uh, I don't know what that well, movie depicts, but that's that's interesting. Well, the reason being, most of the time, whenever there are movies involving these secret societies as a key topic, they're members of that secret society working on the production staff. And sure, yeah, like uh, Operation Mockingbird, about... stuff like that, right? Yeah, that, that's when I say, you know, uh, disinfo campaigns, there, there's a reason for that. Now, what you have to distinguish, by the way, is the difference between uh, malign incompetence and vicious stupidity. See, you can be maliciously stupid and incompetent, but you can also simultaneously have enough of a bureaucratic apparatus to pick up the slack for being a moron. And that's the issue with our enemies. They're very, very confident. They view themselves as gods destroying the planet. We're all in their domain. That's how they see everything. That's how they see us. Cattle. Unfortunately, they've delegated all their real power to middle management and to their financial managers, and now they're paying the price for that. So you have a bunch of ultra, you know, wealthy trillionaire oligarchs and secret society members that have, you know, been playing this panoply in theater for decades, suddenly going, what the fuck have you been doing with my money? When they find out that their heir and inheritor is coming back from Harvard to tranny. So, you know... Oh, we gotta be careful. We're on YouTube. We're on YouTube, still. <clears throat> My apologies. Yeah, no problem. See, what we... This well, is why do you we think they're importing yeah. an East Asian managerial class to uh, subvert the sort of... Um, like, Silicon Valley in particular, they have... Uh, they're starting to import this perfect managerial Brahmin class to do the middleman work. Um, but, like, what you were saying... Uh, the fourth turning, I believe Lynn was also working with Alvin Toffler, the Toffler couple, um, when they were writing. Uh, but it could have been different. But anyways, yeah, Wait, we, who, who we was working with the Tofflers? Of... Wait, Gio, Gio, hold on. Who was working with the Tofflers? He, he wrote the third the third wave and like the fourth. Well, uh, no, no, I know, I know who he is, Alvin Toffler. Alvin Toffler, but you said somebody was working with the Tofflers. So who was working with the Tofflers? The the Lind the the guy who helped write the fourth the fourth wave book with. Oh, okay, um, the guy. Yeah, the guy that uh, bronze. Yeah, author, yeah, gotcha. So it's interesting. Um, I mean, this who, is who this was going to. This is well. Hold on, Gio. This is something that uh, we talked about in the previous episodes of BTR. The question, like, why I was bringing up Yale and specifically Skull and Bones, is I would imagine that those people would have had a sit-down with their pappy, you know, who, uh, you know, next to the fireplace, told them that 
this is the responsibility that's going to be on your shoulders. You're going to have to be in all of these international relations. You're going to have to travel all around the world, meet all of these people. Uh, so I would imagine they would be given a certain amount of, you know, leadership qualities, a certain amount of something that keeps the machine running. But at the same time, when we're seeing all these pronoun-related things affecting the Yale kids, you know, who dye their hair and do all that same kind of stuff right now, uh, as they've been doing for a while, it makes me think, how the hell are these folks capable of any responsibility at all? Why would the George H.W. Bush tier uh, parents treat them with any kind of seriousness at all? Why would a generation that went to war, you know, that was in, like, for example, George H.W. Bush, he was a World War II veteran, you know, and people of that nature, you know, say what you want about them, but they were still people who had a certain level of professionalism about the way they conduct things. So why would they treat these children, you know, these absolute children, with any kind of, uh, any kind of uh, respect any kind of even giving the leadership. Like, why wouldn't this be an emergency? It's like, holy shit, we've got all these kids that they've been brainwashed with this stuff. They're going to be the leaders. They're going to do a horrible job. I don't know. I'm but curious. The problem age. is that we have leaders yeah. now who are sort of um, excising their own power to foreign entities that have not grown up within a um, European descendant Western culture. And so you have this inherent carelessness and resentment that's built up from this new imported managerial class i think it's going to be a total disaster but anyways we have wait 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 hold on hold on before we have before we have i wanted to get a reply to what i asked to uh bronze yeah, age yeah, yeah, yeah. so bronze age i'm curious like when it comes to that scenario i um i illustrated for you what would be your reply if you can possibly get into the heads of the george hw bushes or their friends who would have kids like that that attended the Harvards and the Ales and all that today? Um, what do you think? I think by contrast, but George Bush what... Jr. He was a notorious uh, party animal, fuck up cokehead. Sorry, go ahead, Brendan. Sorry. Well, here's uh, the thing that comes to mind. I think you're very, very right, albeit from a different angle. What you need to approach this as is these are legacy, you know, dynasties, right? Yeah. Except. Now, the issue is you have to look at what's going on with Soros Jr. and with young Rothschilds and everything. These are, you know, these are party boys and, and honestly, kind of stupid and, and very self-destructive because they've been given, you know, the mantle of their parents and given the responsibility of their parents, but they don't have anywhere near the intellect or the obscene, genuinely diabolical vision of their parents. They have the mantle. They have the, uh, what they think they remember are the objectives as given, right? But they have no idea how to do it. So this is where you get into the whole uh, malign incompetence side of things. The bureaucracy that is built around them is going to try and pick up the slack, but the middle management is failing. The imported middle management is purely in for itself. And what we're going to be looking at is just a complete, you know, uh, have any of you guys seen that that old school style Scandinavian log stove where it burns and then and then the stove lights on fire from the inside? You know, stove and quote. You're going to see that, but from bureaucratic apparatus. 
Pretty much. I think I think we're already oh seeing it right now. It was to a certain extent. I mean, if we look at Jen Psaki, you know, up there uh, talking, very brilliant. And again, point. and again, like for the people who would say like, "Oh, she's a woman. How dare you?" You know, this fuck off with that. You know what I'm talking about. And I know that a lot of the people who are but here I don't know, the, uh, I don't know. Apparently, I hate women, according to Koliak. <laughs> So I'm kidding. I'm well, kidding. no, that's a different you're story. Right. We're not. We're not. Ta- <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, really, you're both. You're both right. At the end of the day, what you're seeing is these competing, you know, angles trying to achieve the same goal, but they're doing it poorly. So the, exactly. the fire is already lit. We're seeing it now. This is the Neo Caligulan orgies while the Empire burns phase. No, no, no. Everything's fine. Stop asking questions. The grain will get to the plebeians. The dole will continue. You know, it's, <laughs> this is, you know, the, the little rumble effect, you know? Well, bro, bro, Bronze Age, this is something that I was mentioning before. I, I'll i be honest, I am not aware of you. I don't know that much about you. But uh, first, I just want to say that you are a great speaker from the conversation that we were having so far. You're very interesting, and you have a good pacing about God the way that you speak. And thank God this This has been fire. Yes, but I do want to I, I do want to address one thing because you do have Bronze Age in the beginning of your uh, name there, and I did read uh, Bap's book and all that. But the point that I was bringing up to Geo earlier is that as somebody like I don't know how much have you seen BTR before? Have you seen the episodes? Uh, unfortunately, no. I had no idea the show existed. I saw a bunch of my mutuals in here, and I use Astrocos and Conan and you know Castizo. It's kind of a vetting process. If something's worth checking in, oh, they think this is cool. All right, I'll check it out. The boys know what's up. Yeah. I, I will vouch well, for him. I, uh, he's got my backing. Ah, that's great. I appreciate that. And uh, it's by the way, if you want to check out the episodes, go to BreakTheRules.tv. That's the main link to go to for uh, for the uh, for the YouTube. Uh, please subscribe, all the new people who are watching. But the basic gist of BTR is, and that we got we Conan bring... right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, oh, hold on, just it's to uh, just, just to fit... what's up? Just to finish. Well, this yeah. Up, hey, uh... listen. I uh, ac- I think I accidentally requested to speak the first time, and I didn't have anything to say. Um, which says a lot about Lev and Geo that they let me in anyway, which I uh, really appreciate. And I just wanted to chime in and say uh, with Astrocos that both of them are great guys and you should all immediately go sub to BreakTheRules.tv right now because uh, they put you. out great content. Amen, it's a great show all the time. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. But we have to have for you those... on another when... Hell yeah. when we have another space because uh, it's simulcasted to our YouTube and our Odyssey. Yeah. And so and D Live and Twitch and everywhere. Oh, and D Live and Twitch and D Live everywhere. Um, but uh, oh, oh, by the way, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do the commercials here. But okay, here's here's the important thing for those who are not familiar with Break the Rules. Break the Rules is a way to get people who are in the various fringes of uh, the Twitter space together with people who are more mainstream. So we've had guests on like Tony Henchcliffe, like Dennis McKenna, Terrence McKenna's brother. Uh, we've had pretty big people on, but uh, the other important... Hold on. I uh, accidentally... Here we go. But the other important thing to note here is I have a very... Um, I have a very... Uh, how do I say this? I have a very big problem with what I think is a lot of closed-mindedness on all sides, where people go into bubbles and they only associate and speak with people within those bubbles, 
and good points can be brought up, but at the same time, really bad ones. And as somebody who came from a uh, very, uh, you know, totalitarian regime of the USSR, I was actually born in the USSR, so in uh, 1988. That's how old I am, by the way. I know I don't look it for all those who are watching the stream right now, but anyway... I want to avoid there being some kind of an authoritarian hellscape. And my concern here is that a lot of people who are on the reactionary right side, especially I think people who are younger, they see problems that exist today. My concern is that I don't think they've had enough experience to look at the broader picture and broader implications of what it would mean if they would have some kind of a strong man come in, their enemies get punished, and they think that they're going to be completely all right. And I am somebody who considers themselves to be a, a classic liberal, which I know has become very cringe and boomer-like today. But I, I am very skeptical of a lot of things that are being offered up as far as this is the solution right here. All these people, you know, they don't know what they're talking about. And you, you know what I mean? Like, I want to be very critical of whenever people go into any kind of circle and just assume we know what the solution is, we know what the right way is. So I just wanted to bring that out uh, one more time. Astro, you want to take that one, buddy? Yeah, I have a quick second to, to add. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, oh, we can yeah. Hear you. A quick, quick second to add to that, uh, Lev. I like that you're saying that. You don't hear that a lot around here. And um, if I... I, if I do get in arguments with people that agree with me on Twitter on the right. It's usually because I'm advocating some sort of uh, liberal policy adjustment that is sort of in the tradition of liberalism, uh, but also pragmatic and practical. And they, uh, they jump down my throat and say I sound like a liberal. Not necessarily uh, like a Democrat liberal, but like a, a classical liberal, like like yeah. just claimed he was. And I try in those, I, I honestly try to avoid those conversations at this point because it's they're not really very fruitful. Because a lot of people speak out of a point of emotional reaction, which I share with them because I'm also very upset about the way things are going. But you have to understand that. Uh, Things, things have been on a downward spiral and a, and a trajectory that we have to work with from one of two possible scenarios. One of two, the two possible scenarios are the strong man that Lev's talking about coming in. And the other one is to kind of work with the system the way it is and try to tinker with it uh, in such a way that it benefits uh, us. And when I say us, I'm just going to put that in quotation marks and hope it's inferred what I mean by that. Um, so while I like the idea of a strong man at times who can come away and come in and clear away a lot of the detritus that uh, bureaucratic detritus that causes uh, things not to be not to get done, it's not very practical to kind of say, well, I'm going to sit and twiddle my thumbs until Caesar shows up and clears away all the dross and all the refuse and uh, puts in a golden age where uh, our people get to. Uh, enjoy themselves hang on no problem i would also say while uh, i'm uh, hanging on here that even that idea of putting in the right caesar the right person i don't know number one let's say that does happen 
would their descendant, would their son or whatever be able to continue that, or would eventually the whole thing start to stagnate real fast? And I'm not talking like you have a thousand years and then all of a sudden it gets better. I'm talking you have, and I don't know how much of that you were able to hear because he said, hold on, so you may have been away. Well, hey, I'm, I'm back. I had to, uh, hey. I'm sorry. No, no problem I, at all. I have, I, I, just, I have extenuating circumstances that make this difficult. Let me just finish that thought. Sure, sure, sure. Go for it. Go um, for it. So, so it is, it is unbelievably impractical to take that tack, to take a, a serious uh, stand for what you supposedly believe in and not compromise on that. Because my, my argument, whenever I get into these debates with people, my argument is always, sure, while you're standing there not compromising on your principles, they are literally pilfering your back pocket. They're pilfering your retirement. They're pilfering your health insurance. They're pilfering your... Uh, children's inheritance they're pilfering your tax dollars everything it's all it's all being flushed down the toilet so there has to be some sort of ability to uh garner the uh some sort of benefit for your people while while things uh, play themselves out okay best example i could come up with this with for this is universal health care i'm not going to start an argument about that right now but uh, I do want to say that uh, the discussion has been completely muddied and polluted by not just the GOP, but but even the far right and the far left, because the far left means something quite different than I do when they advocate for that. And I don't really support Bernie Sanders. However, um, he's coming at an, at an issue that I care about and I know a lot about from a totally different perspective than mine. I think there might be some common ground there as opposed to, say, uh, pro-immigration GOP, uh, with whom I have absolutely no common ground. So that's one thing. The other thing I mm. want to say is... Um, well, people repost, uh, they post images of the cycle to address uh, universal health care in America. Mm. Right, right. No, but that's one yeah. of the most common rebuttals I get. And I tell them that that cycle exists because of the health care system we have now. That is not a cycle. Wait, wait, which, are uh, which cycle are we talking of, about? At, Just... at risk of implementing if we implement universal health. Universal health wait, what's the, what's the cycle? What's the cycle? Well, for we, we, it, it's, it we can't say it on YouTube, Lev. We can't say it on oh, YouTube. okay. It involves right. the gamer the, Okay. The, uh, let's call it. All right, well, the only thing... Okay, well, the, look, 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 hold on, hold on. The only thing, the only thing that I would, the only thing that I would say... Uh, hold on, hold on. The only thing that I would say about that whole thing just to kind of for again for those who don't know me and when there are people you know you could say oh they're of a different cast or whatever who gives a shit i don't care you have people who would come in from let's say nigeria and they would as long as they would have good values and as long as they would you know be the kind of people that you would want your kid to uh, play with as far as the kind of value that they imbue their kids with then I have no problem there whatsoever. I think that that would be a great thing. And I also think that people who come who actually share in the same level, I wouldn't say culture, like you could say, oh, they may have different food, but as long as they would have the same civilizational level, as long as they know what it means to live in, you know, the kind well, let of me, civilization. Let me throw something out there. And, and I, sure. I, I, I'm loath to interrupt you, Lev. I have to do it, though, because I have to go. Go for it. But, uh, go for so it. I just want to throw it out there that, that I don't necessarily agree with what you just said. However, the other the other problem I have with uh, universal health care and the whole Bernie Sanders thing, what I meant was when I say I don't come at it from the same direction as him, is I want nationalized health care. He wants socialized medicine. And what you're talking about is socialized medicine. Nationalized medicine is something quite different that I can't get into right now. 
Last thing I have to say before I, I go silent for another few minutes is that um, another argument, another thing that I butt heads with people over is when GOP types, Republican conservative types, who are these socialist Republicans, these socialist conservatives that just showed up at a left field. I have no idea who these people are. The reason why I get in arguments with them, and I got in a literal screaming match with one of them on Joel Davis's uh, space the other day and I had to apologize to him for it, is because these people advocate for this like it's a panacea. It's absolutely not a panacea. The only thing it's going to do is put the patient on life support while we have time to rally ourselves to come back and, and, and hopefully get a second wind. That is so when I so so I don't like it. I, I don't like getting in these arguments with other right wingers because they think I'm saying that they think I'm saying what these socialist conservatives are saying that this is a panacea. It's absolutely not what I'm saying. I do not stand with those people. I butt heads with those people. However, you know what? We can't hope for for tomorrow. We can't hope for much. Maybe long term we have we can have some pretty big dreams. But tomorrow I want to get the maximum possible benefit as quickly as possible within the means of the system until the next step comes. And I have to put it on pause. Thank you guys so much. I'll, I'll be back. I'm Thank you for being here. Beautiful. Thank know, you. I don't know how um, long we have, we're going to... Uh, ho wait, hold on, Gio. One second. One second. So maybe Chelsea... Yeah, we Okay, wait, wait, hold on. I just want to say real quick that uh, to uh, what I was saying with the Nigerian specifically, I know it sounded kind of out of left field, but the reason why I mentioned that is if we're talking about healthcare, whether socialized, nationalized, I don't know, like I don't really know the difference right now uh, between those, but uh, when it comes to that kind of healthcare, as long as the people who are within the system are those who would be of, let's say, again, civilizationally, nothing having to do with, uh, you know, where they're from or what color their skin is or whatever, but civilizationally, if they are people who know how to respect the kind of system that they're in, where there wouldn't be advantage taken of, they would also be people who would, let's say, and this is a big problem, I think, with a lot of Americans, there's not enough emphasis on, uh, you know, like, look around you, Geo. I mean, there's so many people out there who are overweight and, uh, you know, in the South, there are a lot of Americans who are incredibly overweight right now, and you could say that's oh my an education God. You thing. Oh, my look at you, Gio. There's <laughs> no, I, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. No, no, but Gio, you, you know what I'm talking Anyways, about, right? Like, we have time like that, this is... Okay, okay but, but all that I'm I saying, know, know. real quick, all that I'm saying is that as long as people can meet that particular standard, and there's a lot of Americans that don't meet that standard right now, which should be changed as well, and I really hope that will be changed then uh, that kind of healthcare system could definitely work, I think. But anyway, go for it. Well, Lev, you know as an immigrant how that sounds. But anyways, um, <laughs> I, I know, I know, but like it's a... Hey, hey before well, we know, like these... pass the speaker's torch to Chelsea, do you mind if I drop something about the Caesar comment very quickly? Go for it, go for it. Yeah, um, yes, please, go for it. This is something I've talked about with Enoch Powell on here. He's a, I like to think he's a friend of mine, very reasonable guy. Uh, but what we've discussed is the premise that a lot of younger guys on this side of things, on my side, or, or laws, or whoever's, we, we tend to focus more on the Caesar idea for some reason, but here, here's the issue. You need to learn how to ride the chariot before you ride it. And Amen. There's no, no point in mounting up and, you know, annihilating the Dravidians like they did in the Indus Valley if you can't even ride the freaking horse. So... You know, the you can wait for Caesar while thinking like a Caesar. You know, you can do Caesar-like things 
with your within your own manner buns, so to speak, within within the premise. Uh, that that was what I wanted to say. Anyway. Mm. Um, well, no, amazing. I do have I do have to reply Thank real you, quick friend. though to that uh, to that amazing point. I have to reply with something that I said when uh, Ask Askritikos was uh, away, which is if there's going to be a Caesar, and let's say that Caesar's going to do exactly the right job in the beginning, then. We're going to have a problem later on with the incompetency of those who come after him. It's always a game of Russian roulette, even from the Caesar that ends up being there. That's number one. Number two, I don't even know if this conversation has much bearing because my concern is that the models that are being imagined for any Caesar are the models of, let's say, you know, like 500 years ago or even like early 20th century. And we are living in a slightly different time when it comes to the Internet, when it comes to technology. All that I want to say is I want those things to also be kept in mind when we're talking about the potential for power and the potential for destruction on, you know, a really large basis when a kind of Caesar is given that kind of power. So to me, at best, it just seems like a game of Russian roulette when you're talking about this, not to mention that there is an often found quality among people in the 20th century who were the Caesar of their time to surround themselves with a bunch of uh, people who kiss their ass all the time, not really the people who would, uh, you know, be good, let's say, spiritual priestly guides on uh, how to act. So that is another problem that I think has to be contended with. And, uh, yeah, those are the only points that I wanted to make in uh, response to that. Chelsea, go! Floor is yours. Yeah, thank you, thank you, um, thank you for the space, and I, I want to hear, um, I would really like to hear uh, uh, Strikos elaborate a little bit more about his um, idea for the the national versus socialist healthcare plan, but I wanted to say something from my experience that, um, you know, I, maybe it comes across as mean, but it's what I believe is true, um, because I've been, my family's been here since the 17th century, and we had ancestors that were on the Supreme Court, that were governors, We've been here for a long time, and I can say that my ancestors built this country. And I'm also friends with a lot of people that, like, you know, that immigrated here um, to escape communism. And, you know, I have to say, I don't think that's a particular, like, bona fide, because I've heard a lot of stories about, you know, when communism was coming, you know, we we tried to um, cooperate, and we gave them our farm. Or then we moved to the, to the country from the city and we tried to just, you know, go along peacefully. Well, you can't do that. You can't just be nice to people because the inevitable result is that things get destroyed and then you're immigrating somewhere else. And there's really no place else to go. Maybe, maybe not. But I think that America is kind of a last stand. <clears throat> so I would say to the response that we should be a little bit nicer, we should be a little bit less aggressive. You know, we should be afraid of the idea of a strong leader that can get us out of this. There's a lot of power in the uh, unwashed masses that are asking us to submit to them and be nice to them. Um, more power than I think would even be in a Caesar or a person like that. So, um, you know, I, I, I think that if you're if you're afraid of something, something evil and something scary and something powerful, I would say. Whoa. Hold on. Let's do this again. I don't know what happened to the chat over here. Let us go back there. Good, it's still live. 
Hold on, everybody. Please subscribe. Let me just uh, switch this back in here. Yeah, this happens sometimes, but it's okay. Maybe we have time for one more. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. Riley, you were waiting. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold so, on, Geo. Um, we're, we're, I want to hear from Riley, yeah. too, but I was... Oh, uh, man, I'm on. I was cut off here. Uh, just a second, Riley. I definitely want to hear from you, but I was cut off here for a second, so uh, I didn't hear Chelsea uh, finish uh, her uh, point before about the uh, strongman, but from what I did hear, I do agree that there is a lot of power in the unwashed masses causing a lot of, you know, like if you look at the things that happened with Russia, for example, with the rise of communism there, you know, it resulted in something very horrible. And when you say being nice to people... I don't think that people should be nice to people who want to destroy them, who want to destroy their family, and I think and I think that that goes both ways. So for the people who would want to eliminate me or my family, I'm not going to be nice to them. I'm going to be nice to people who, let's say, would welcome me but expect me to live up to a certain standard that they live by, and I would live up to that standard as I have been living up to that standard, as has my family. Now, as far as the nitty-gritty of how you make sure that that is what it is uh, before, let's say, people would come into a country like the United States, that's a big question, and that is something that has to be figured out. I wouldn't say that that is necessarily impossible, but you are right that people, let's say, who are on the further left, who are like, oh, immigrants welcome, and yada, 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 that's not the uh, right way of going about it either. There has to be a balance there. All that I'm saying is we've seen what the power of the collective and the strong man, whatever you want to call it, can create in the uh, 20th century, and I don't think it was anything good. So that's what I mean about trying to keep the balance and figure out how do you steer that ship. So that's the only thing that I wanted to say there in response to the uh, portion that I was able to hear. But uh, Riley, go for it. You've got the floor. Oh, boy. Uh, I'm kind of nervous, so excuse me if Don't I stutter. Uh, let's see. Uh, so you guys are all talking about fucking all these, you know, big ideas, all these abstract concepts and shit. Uh, let me tell you a little about me. I'm... I'm not, I don't have an ideology. I don't, I'm not really, uh, I played around with ideology a lot when I was a teenager, but now I'm 23 years old. I'm living on my own. I'm paying fucking rent. I'm doing a really shitty job. I'm actually at work right now. I'm not supposed to be uh, talking, but fuck it. Um, anyways, uh, so you're talking about how, oh, we shouldn't like leave these like, you know, liberal ideas for a Caesar. We should, uh, you know, because of what happened in Russia, or what happened in Germany, or whatever the fuck. Um, by the way, this uh, Astrakos guy was fucking killing it, so... <laughs> uh, oh, man. Okay, uh, sorry. I thought... No, uh, take your time. Okay. <laughs> sorry, I thought my boss was coming in. Um, so anyways, so I'm going to make it brief. Fucking, uh, what's actually done for me lately, man? Uh, <laughs> I'm fucking poor. I'm struggling to pay rent. Uh, I got split rent with my girlfriend, which sucks, by the way. My girlfriend's Julia. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, fuck. I'm freaking out. I shouldn't be doing no, this. No, no, no. Don't bad. freak out. There's nothing. <laughs> no, we're, we're live streaming this on YouTube, DLive. Yeah, uh, I know. Uh, uh, let's see, Odyssey. No, no I'm, just, I'm just fucking around with you. No, everything is fine. <laughs> Look, say, say, what's on, say what's on your mind, because I am oh, curious don't. about... Okay, so pretty much what...
Uh, whatever you say. <laughs> Gina, don't, don't add more uh, fire good. to the... Yeah. I'm, I'm mainly nervous about my boss walking in, mate. I'm mainly worried about my boss walking in and seeing me do this shit, because I gotta be cleaning up dog shit or Open, later. Opening up. Um, are, you win- anyways, are you winning, son? Are so anyways, one thing is fucking... Uh, hmm? No, I was just saying, like, the are you winning, son? Your, your boss coming in and... Uh, anyway, go on. No, don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, man, I wish you would say that, but yeah, it barely speaks English. Um... <laughs> Anyway, so, yeah, I'm a plebe, you know, fucking, I'm struggling right now. Uh, so what's Marcy going to do for me in the future, okay, man? Because right now it's not doing shit for me. So that's why I'm kind of, like, hoping for a Caesar to come around. Uh, if a Caesar came around and promised me shit, like, free shit, like, free healthcare, like, fucking, uh, I don't know, a thousand bucks a month, whatever, I don't give a shit. Anything to help me out. Uh, I'm gonna yeah. take, no matter if it comes from Caesar, but, fucking Stalin, yeah, but then fucking you send your... I don't give a shit, man. Then they could send so, your secret, secret police, uh, his secret police out there, and arrest you and your family and shit like I, that. Not, that's, listen, man, I'm not a political, I'm not a political actor, <laughs> man. I'm not gonna be arrested by the secret police. I'm just gonna be, a, I'm just, I'm just a troll, <laughs> bro. I don't know. There were plenty of trolls during Stalin's time. Hey, that he just wants to secure to the, the bag, love. Come on. Yeah, I man, know. I'm just scared of the bag. I'll, I'll no. be Stalin, I'll be Mussolini as long as that fucking pay keeps coming. Yeah, well, Mussolini is better Mussolini is better than Stalin and Hitler, which is why I wish uh, some people would just stick to Mussolini, and uh, that's I'm not, I'm not going to say anymore. <laughs> More of a Franco turn. guy myself, by the way. Mm. Ah, that's cringe, oh, but... Oh, there uh, you go, that's well, not a good option. Well, Fra- Franco, as far <laughs> as the, they go, the, he wasn't the worst out of all the, you know, like... Okay, the, I don't uh, care who's better or worse. The point is, I want a leader <laughs> that will be fucking give me shit. I want a populist. I'm just a, I'm just a pole. I'm a fucking plebeian, so... I know, I know. I don't know. You gotta think more materially. You guys uh, talk a lot about, like, spirit stuff, which is cool. Which is cool, you know? that That's a conversation that needs to be had. Yeah. But I very rarely hear... Uh, conversations about uh, material necessity, you know. Uh, well, we're we're just trying to figure out how to avoid the worst out of the worst outcomes. At least that's what uh, I'm you want to avoid the worst out of the worst. Uh, give people yes. like me uh, a reason to fucking uh, I don't know fight for your side. Uh, the, that's a good let point. me. Uh, I'll point. say this. Uh, fucking uh, who was that fucking? Uh, it was fucking senator from Georgia. Uh, the racist guy, uh, Wallace something. Anyways, uh, even though he supported segregation, uh, during like a later election, he got 80% of the black vote. Why? Because he was kind of a populist. And uh, after he hmm. denounced his segregation, uh, he said, yeah, I don't want to fall. I don't really fuck with that shit anymore, which is probably more out of opportunism. But because he was promising, hey, I'm going to like, I don't know, support expanding Medicaid or whatever the fuck. Uh, he got 80% of the black vote, even though he was fucking, you know, a little racist in the past. Because at the end of the day, fucking money talks, yeah, it's bro. The <laughs> yeah, it's no, there, the there's, the there's no doubt. Yeah. There is no doubt that you are very right about money talking, and uh, I do wish that there would be some kind of a uh, some kind of a way for a lot of the problems that you're bringing up to be solved by people, but you may be right, and a lot of the people speaking here may be right that we do have a huge amount of incompetence among anybody who steps up so as far as they're having a balance between somebody who would be let's say inspirational and entrepreneurial enough to get certain things uh moving around in the right way for the united states i don't know because that would be good but i really do think that the best thing would be having a localized like local you know per uh, you know 
the specific community that people happen to be in, having that kind of a pillar community style elite that would be able to take care and have a, uh, you know, have a certain stake in the community that they're in, instead of it being just like international people with no stake at all in uh, whatever happens in the uh, local community. That, I think, would um, be a good model to look towards. I, I kind of like that, but at the same time, a lot of these problems can't be solved on the local level. Like the sure. fucking, uh, like, I don't know, look how fucking big, like, the fucking, uh, like, health insurance, like, thing is. Uh, fucking all these, you know, corporations owning, I think it's like... Uh, I, I don't know. My mind's kind of blinking right now. Uh, I should be. Get, I need to get going soon. But uh, uh, what was my point? I was going to get a fucking. Uh, yeah, some of these issues just won't be solved on a local level. I don't think uh, it's because we're living in a very. Unfortunately, we are living in a very uh, globalized uh, society right now. We live in a society, um, and fucking. I don't know if fucking, you know, Joe, Mayor Joe from fucking uh, Springfield or Mayor, can Mayor solve Pete. a, Mayor, can really uh, Mayor do Pete a lot Pete. to alleviate your problems. I do. Yeah. Which is not to be too black and local politics. I think there, mm. something can be done. I think anything should be done, but I don't know. I think yeah. it's going to take something big. Well, I, uh, I agree that it may take something big, but the only question here is how do we make sure that when that big, let's say, whatever big acts happen, that it's not going to be something that completely dismantles the system to that much of an extent that it leaves room for... But what's uh, the system some, doing for some... me? Like, that's the thing. I don't care about the system because it's not doing anything for me. I mean, money talks, but not everybody has to listen. There's always going to be groups of people, like the groups of people that Riley referred to and he included himself in, that mm. just will follow anybody that's willing to promise them, you know, money in a basic you know, subsistence. Um, sure. So, you know, that's really not, I don't think, what most of us are looking for. It's just going to be very tough with... That uh, is true. There are, Maduro, most people Ma actually will go... Well, look, look at Maduro, for example. Maduro, one of the first things that he did was he nationalized a lot of those uh, companies that were there. He was just giving away all the free stuff from all the luxury stores to the, uh, to the people. So that really quickly got a lot of people on his uh, side. And it is, it is a very tricky thing when you say, like, what has the system done for me? I would say that the system is something that, despite all the horrible things that are going on, it gives a certain framework in which, for example, we had, and I know people like to point at it and say, oh, this is just, you know, this is such a rare thing, like the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict, for example. That was something that was accomplished within the system. It wasn't like some strong man went in and said, uh, Kyle is innocent, n n you can't do anything about it anymore, that's it. No, there was a certain structure, there's a certain way these things are done, and it was done, same thing with the Jesse Smollett thing recently. He, I believe, got five different um, guilty verdicts there. So that is working within the system. That's working within the things that I think a lot of people take for granted because we're used to it. We're used to the negative things, and we complain about the negative things, but we've never lived without these particular things being in place that are in place, we imagine that, you know, how could it possibly get any worse? And maybe that's what people were imagining before the Russian Revolution or before any other authoritarian, totalitarian regime ended up taking power. And then, you know, history shows us what happened. That's why I'm saying, like, look before you leap when it comes to a lot of the uh, decisions that people within these spaces are making, too. Not that I'm saying that these uh, spaces are going to necessarily 
you know, be the, although who knows, that's the other thing, like the butterfly flapping its wings. I do think that there is power in conversation, that there is power in spreading different kinds of ideas. So I hope that in that sense I am acting as a bit of a deterrent for people to just go with whatever it is the group is saying. But what do people like Riley offer in exchange for their, their gibs from the government? Like, they're going to vote for somebody, and what if, what if that doesn't work out? Fuck, well, I'll fight for you. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, I, I just don't really see uh, an army of mercenaries beating an army of people that are, that are fighting for something that actually has a principle behind it. Uh, that's and, uh, and that's true. Experience. Well, that's like the Godfather Part 2 that I was mentioning in an earlier stream, where uh, Michael Corleone noticed that the rebels who were fighting against the Batista government, they were willing to die. They were willing to uh, sacrifice everything for this particular cause. I mean, that's another example of how that particular Yeah, the backers uh, of Batista weren't out. willing to fight, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I definitely see your point there. But that's the thing, but like, should have, like, I don't know, an army of glitz listening elders to take over i mean i mean anything with glistening elders is going to be wait did you say glistening elders wait did you say glistening elders glistening bodybuilding oh okay no i said glistening. Uh, yeah glistening elders <laughs> that would be like an elderly bodybuilder competition well we should G wrap it up actually I have to it's like it's like imagine imagine the competition of old muscular dudes but, and uh, what, gio like, was there in the audience taking pictures you know trying to find the next mussolini you know like trying to find some uh glistening elderly oh, bodybuilder <laughs> well mussolini right. was pretty jacked i mean he was he had he had some kind of an abscess on his head right that would be a great video, uh, by I the way. I don't know. I think so. you know. You know how on YouTube. You know how on YouTube, by the way. There's this. Um, there are these videos where people like you know. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, popping the uh, abscesses. Popping the uh, what do you call it? The yeah. Not people love yeah, that. Yeah. So imagine that with Mussolini, because he had he had some kind of an abscess on his head. So just. <laughs> We're done here. Oh, Listen, God. thank you so much for watching. Once again, subscribe to Break the Rules, uh, uh, BreaktheRules.tv. One last thing I want to put in is the uh, Odyssey link. Because listen, oh, to all week, the people... What are we going to have week? I will tell you what we're going to have next oh. week. Next week, we are going to have... Um, uh, da -da. We're going to have Tishrei coming in. I don't know how many of you uh, folks are familiar with Tish Tishrei, a.k.a. Rubes. Uh, at T-I-S-H-R-A-Y on Twitter. She is coming in. I look forward to speaking with her. And we are also going to have Styx and Jonathan Peugeot on Thursday the 16th. Woo! That's going to be that's gonna be an exciting it's one. It's going to be gonna... paganism versus Christianity. That's yeah. That's going to be fun. Hell yeah. And, okay, so one last thing before we go is I do have to put in the uh, Odyssey link. Because Odyssey is a very, uh, I think it's a very, and I wish that they weren't fighting with Rumble, by the way, because I don't think it's healthy to have this uh, back and forth mudslinging against people who I think are both within the camp of, hey, let's get uh, these, uh, you know, creators to not be censored and have a voice. So that is why we're on Odyssey and I want to go on Rumble as well. Like, I don't care about the number, inflation, or anything that people are talking about. 
right? Like, it is important to branch out and to also have kind of a confederacy, like Styx is talking about, a confederacy of creators that would be able to help each other even if they don't agree on all the points that they bring up. I think it is important just to have that kind of confederacy of creators to uh, make sure that people don't, don't get censored. Because the more people get censored, the less you're going to have somebody like me being able to speak with somebody like you. And that is not a good thing because people go into the stripey hole and it's very hard for them to come out. But anyway, let me post the Odyssey link right here. Also, patreon.com slash break the rules for a change. Geo, you tell the good people what they can expect to get if they become a uh, break the rules patron. All right, $5. You get access to our super secret groomer. No, not groomer. Discord <laughs> uh, spaces where you can post and you will also be featured in exclusive BTR uh, podcasts on our Patreon. For $20, you will get a magnet one of Lev's uh, magnets that his father makes, Alexander Polyakov. Here, here's one an of example of the Bertie magnet, Venti. by the way. Yeah, but this well, is not Bertie Venti. This is the uh, Styx magnet over here. This is not done. This is a work in progress. But just so oh, you yeah, see what the magnet... Oh, yeah, he's showing on YouTube because this is Yeah, what the magnet looks like. Yeah. So you get it for $20. For You could get one of... Uh, it changes every year, and you will get it repeatedly each year, or I think a few times a year, depending on what his father does. Um... For $30, you will get one of five prints, or, well, two if it's a small one, from my That Feel When No GF series of woodblock prints. You will get it for $30 on page. A small one, I will send you two. Um, for $50, mega subjective, you will get all of the above. You will also get an another painting by me, which is in the Bob Ross style. You will get a custom magnet that his father will do. Within reason, I mean, if you wanted something like I don't know a dick magnet, I mean he'll he can negotiate it. You also or get maybe a, maybe uh, a dick master some magnet. Streams. Yeah, yeah. Within reason, uh, you will get a poster print of one of her streams. You will also get a Warhammer 40k custom painted uh, figure by Jules P. Hamilton, and uh, I mentioned my painting. So you will get a whole bundle of things for fifty dollars. You will also get access to any of our. Um, you will be an automatic speaker on their spaces and also on the BTR exclusive streams on uh, Patreon. So That's thank right. you very much. God bless and I you. Added, goodbye. Well, no, not goodbye yet. Not, not goodbye yet. I just want to say that I added the links. You, All the people who are watching this right now, and I want to thank everybody here who is in the uh, Twitter space, but all the people who are watching this right now, look in the links above. You're going to see here, even though the other ones are nice, I'm going to get rid of some of these. So, uh, hold on, that's not the one that I wanted to show up here. Hold on. Uh, okay, remove that. And uh, hold on, this is... Okay, here we go. So, I'm going to remove that tweet. Okay, whatever. The point is that you see on the screen over here, it says, don't forget to subscribe to our Odyssey. Uh, go there, subscribe to our Odyssey. And lastly, subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash break the rules. I know that that's what Gio was talking about this whole time. I am just trying to get this thing to work properly just to have the link. Because I know some of you, I know some of you don't like, don't like uh, typing things out. You just like clicking on things. And for all those who like clicking on things, I am providing the uh, Patreon link 
right here, right now. Although it's very easy, patreon.com slash break the rules. Why can't you just memorize that and write that down, type that down? But either way, this is how this Love, is how nice don't of a person I am. They're good patrons. This is how I mean, nice of a person. are good listeners. Here we go. Hold on. I'm... Don't be an asshole. There are people. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be Anyways, as much of an I'll be as much of an asshole as I want because I know it's all it's all in love. So if you want to hear yourself, yes, it, this has been a great stream. I love it. <laughs> oh God, so, I can hear my own voice on YouTube. That's horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and guys, Odyssey, take care. Odyssey, it's on yeah. a chain. It's on a, a blockchain, so it'll be there forever. <laughs> yeah, remember, you're here forever. All right, this is the end. Thank you so much for watching.